Distance Traveler. Today is Turdos, Rain's Hand the 10th. And you are tuned in to another fantastic episode of Elder Scrolls Off the Record. I am your fellow Tamrielic Traveler and host this evening, Ivarwin. And I'm joined by the one and only Shank the Tank. Now see here. I am incredibly excited for tonight's show because if we take a look at the uh, the live stream, we've got my fellow cohort in there, and uh, I, I can't, I for one, cannot begin to express my excitement about what is about to transpire over the next few hours. <laughs> <laughs> and the one and only Lou, the Lore Master. Hello, Barwin. Hello, Shank. Hello, Twitter. Hello, Twitch chat room. What's going on? And Dave, D-Enforce Adam. Hello, everybody. I'm on Puff and Brisket tonight, drinking behind the bar. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's right, guys. Uh, for uh, for this episode, we are we are in game, uh, hanging out at uh, at an inn here in in Skywatch, in uh, in Oridon, just sort of relaxing and and enjoying the the evening Tamrielic air about us. Uh, we just want to, uh, of course, mention that our show is sponsored in part by Tweaked Audio. TweakedAudio.com, quality headphones, and 30% off with our code off the record. And also by AudibleTrial.com slash Network. Download your free book today at AudibleTrial.com slash Network. And also by such fans as Godric Corvinus and Tyrion McCarthy. Who says to help sponsor ESOTR for the King and Covenant? Also by Blake B, aka Benny, who says, Hey QGN staff, I admire what you've been doing. Here's a gift from a longtime listener. Thank you. P.S. Uh, use some of this to get the ESO soundtrack to use for your show. It's unbelievable. Dean wouldn't know because he's a milk drinker. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Keep up the good work. <laughs> And by Arkaneer, who says, Made my day by the Naked Argonian run. I need a laugh like this. By Catjack, who says, Thanks to QGN for an amazing ESO community and launch event. And by Mark Eliason, who says, To ESOTR and QGN in general. Keep it up, guys and gals. Well, this evening we're going to be discussing uh, ESO by the numbers. Plus, introducing Craglorn and... Elder Scrolls Online launch cinematic. Uh, Lou will be will be presenting Lycanthropy in the Elder Scroll. Plus this week's patch notes, Dave's Guild Corner, and your emails as well. Uh, but before we get into any of that, Shank, we have something quick to mention, do we not, sir? Yes, we do have something quick to mention. Uh, this week... And in the coming weeks, we're going to focus heavily on gameplay of Elder Scrolls Online. But remember, Classic Elder Scrolls discussion still happens. But you can tune into Classic Elder Scrolls Night Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern. That is, that is, that is your Classic Elder Scrolls show that uh, has actually been getting a lot more popular lately, man. And I, just, it's, I love that show. Uh, <laughs> also... We know many of you who follow us on Twitter miss the Elder Scrolls Online launch countdown, and we've been asking, and, and have been asking, if we are going to do the same for the Xbox and the PS4. 
The answer is yes. As soon as Zoss announces when those launch dates will be, we will announce. And if I may add something that might uh, tantalize this statement a little bit of Varwin. Mm-hmm. I uh, tweeted to Mr. Pete Hines a few days ago asking when we might hear it. And he said, soon. Soon enough. So I would say, this is my guess, that before the month is out, we're going to get some... I would even say within the next couple weeks, I would guess that we would hear some pretty good news about the consoles. So keep it tuned to us. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I mean, this is uh, this is the weekend of, of PAX East. And, exactly. You know, I mean, hey, we, we might hear something this weekend about it. Who knows? Maybe Maybe tomorrow. Which would be amazing. That would be. <laughs> I would cry. Dave, who who is the uh, the Khajiit in game that's providing uh, this evening's loot soundtrack? That's random Khajiit number four hundred seventy three. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Well, random Khajiit, no. Khajiit number. <laughs> He's literally named the Skywatch Celebrant. Ah, yes, because uh, he actually has not played long nor hard enough to earn a real name. So we'll we'll name him Steve for now. Sure. We'll uh we'll 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 dub him um uh, play as many hours. That's an Argonian name. You don't you don't name Khajiit that. Khajiit have royal names. What's wrong with Plays Many? Maybe maybe he was raised by in Blackmarsh by by Argonians after being abandoned uh, there he, as a kitten. You that's offensive. Do, do you think all animal races <laughs> are the same? Dave, I, I think maybe you've been hitting the wine and behind that bar a little too hard. As a Bosmer, I can tell you they all taste very different. <laughs> Green pack for the win. <laughs> well, we we have a tremendous amount of in-game play that we want to talk about today. Um, I, I sort of want to hold off on that for, for just a, a few minutes. Um, it's simply because, I mean, we're really going to be getting into it. Well, let's see. Um... You know what? No, nah, let's let's get into it. Why not? Why the hell not? I think uh, that's probably what we've got the news, and we'll get into that uh, later on. But but for now, let's go, guys. What have you been doing in game? Let's uh, yeah, let's start with uh, let's start with Dave. Me? Yeah. Oh lord. Okay. Um. Well, since we're talking about what I've done in game, I really this is the first time I've been on Papa Brisket. Uh, since we've even, the game has even been live. Yeah. This is like the first time I've even touched him. Honestly, what I've been doing in game for the majority is working on my Nightblade. Uh, well, that's when I get a chance to work, play on my Nightblade and I'm not doing guild stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Or being sick. I've been dead for the past three days. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're just coming off of the, the 48 hour live stream launch event and, um, there was a lot going on. I mean, to say that it feels like a week has gone by is, yeah. it doesn't feel like it feels like a month has gone by to be honest. It's kind of crazy. Which, can I just say the Argonian run was the best thing ever. Oh my God. That thing was so funny. <laughs> Sh- Shank, did you see that Argonian run out of principle? No, <laughs> <laughs> it was it just about the funniest thing ever. Um, I mean, it was, how, how many did we have there? We had what, like 20 or oh, 20 plus. I had like 16 people in mine. You had 16 people in yours. Uh, Monovan had like 16 people in hers. So we had like 
45, 50 people all Argonians? running. Argonians? Naked, level 4 Argonians running through uh, the starting area for, for Ebonheart Pact. We got to the rift. We, we actually, as a group of level 4s, were killing level 40s. We were just swarming. We, were, we went all the way to Riften and took over Riften. It was hysterical. It, it was, was I, beautiful. I, I mean, just out of just out of sheer like curiosity, Shank, you should. I, I I know it's a bunch of Argonians and you don't like them, but you should check it out because it is absolutely hysterical. Just the hive mind mentality that that looked like was on the stream. It, it was just it was, hysterical. It was amazing. If if I was like on Zenimax's side and I was seeing those like numbers of Argonians, just like <laughs> like looking at the analytics. <laughs> I would have just like instantly like kill switched the server. <laughs> just walked over, tugged the wire out of the wall. All right, this has been a failed venture. Good evening, everyone. Yep. Server <laughs> so reset. Come back tomorrow, folks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go go check it out, guys. Naked Argonian run. We tons and tons of just naked Argonians running from just, all the way into Skyrim. Uh, we got that right there on uh, youtube.com slash quest gaming network. Again, you got to check it out. Uh, big hello to, to our chat room. Who's uh, who's filling up and uh, hello and welcome everyone. We're looking forward to your comments during the show. So I got even more. Sure. Of course. Uh, well, my Nightblade, he's level 22 right now. Mm-hmm. I've reset his skills once already to take some useless points out of beginning things and put them where they should be. I'm going clothing because I'm only using cloth armor, seven pieces of cloth armor. And I'm going blacksmithing from, to make my own weapons as well. I'm, I'm doing woodworking to make my own bows and I'm going enchanting, which is very slow going because enchanting sucks. <laughs> Anyway, also, I, uh, I've i been playing on my Sork just a little bit, but not enough to really do anything with him except become Catman. 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 <laughs> uh, but out, outside of ESO, I found the greatest thing ever. What's that? And uh, this is something I really wanted to show Shank. If you look it up, it's called Mini TES. It is a text based version of the Elder Scrolls. It's an idle adventure game. What? You, you're, yes. It's an idle game. Like Cookie Clicker or or Candy Box. It, it's, it's one of these idle games that you just let run in the background and you make minor decisions that, that change the character's path. Dude. Like you can, you can choose what he's <laughs> equipped with, but it honestly, it's just text. I, I will tell you right now, this is. I'm, gonna, the I'm actually going to put it in the chat. This is probably like this will absolutely trump Crisis Three in terms of visuals. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Uh, I got it here on the uh, the live stream right now, and. Holy God! <laughs> I mean, it is 100% just text. You know, it, it looks more like a like a program running than a, like like a DOS program or something than anything <laughs> else. Isn't it beautiful? 
<laughs> Tell Very me that enough. isn't just pure awesome. Yeah. I don't know about that, but it, it is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. Um. What else, Dave? What else have you been, you've been doing in game? That, that's been my big thing. Which, by the way, I beat Mini TES. I beat it already. How do you know it's you a, beat it? <laughs> you know. <laughs> it takes some doing. <laughs> but it, it is definitely worth doing if you can. All right. Uh, made my day. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, let's see. Uh, what about you, Lou? What have you been doing in game? I mean, this is uh, this is this is it, man. This has been the this has been the week that we've been playing a tremendous amount. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been dividing time. Well, I should say I spent most of my time past few days working on my high elf sorcerer. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that was a character I, I focused on a lot on PTS, and I figured, you know what? I want to continue with that character, so I literally just recreated it here in the live server. And I've been working on her ever since. Right now, though, the character you see in, on screen is my Nightblade. And this is the one that I'm going to use to try and build a Ranger class. Okay? Just pure, you know, well, not pure, but a mix of. Bow attacks, the archery, and dual wielding for melee. Right now she's on level 5. However, got my sorcerer up to 23 just before we started the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty happy with that. Okay. Um, and with her, I- I've been focusing a lot. Again, just like my character I created on the PTS, going destruction, using destruction staff and restoration staff, and using mostly storm calling and dark magic her magic abilities and spells i'm not touching uh danger something at all at least not yet because for the play style i have and what i had on the pts i enjoy the hell out of storm calling <laughs> and dark magic <laughs> so it works for me <laughs> i make it work and i i have a lot of fun and as earlier before we mean we live streamed earlier on today now, I was practicing using my restoration staff, practicing healing. So you guys are my guinea pigs. Hopefully, you guys didn't suffer too much. Oh no, you you did a great job healing, actually. <laughs> so good that's job. what I've been doing, and I've been for my crafting now. And as I said before in the past, I mean, lots of other MMOs that I've played, I really do. I I hate crafting in other MMOs because it is a pure grind, and it feels like a second job that I don't want to have. So when finally the game went live, I figured, you know what? I've tampered the tampered the characters before on the PTS. I don't mind it at all. It's fun. And it's pretty much something, you know, especially researching. I can do it. Forget about it. You know, come back to it when it's done researching and then start making some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And since I'm a sorcerer, you know, I figured, you know what? I'm going to go clothing and woodworking. And I've also been doing a... Uh, just a little bit on enchanting. But I figured, you know what? I may just move on to alchemy so I can make the uh, the Magicka. Magicka pots that I need. Alright. How um, have you been enjoying the game? Oh my god. 
enjoying it is to me like an understatement. I have been enjoying the bleep out of this game. <laughs> now that it's live, now that we have uh, all of us here, especially our community, you know, it's finally great to see them, you know, in game. You know, I guess sort of, uh, uh, I guess a roundabout way of meeting them. You know, mm-hmm. instead of seeing disembodied chat names and chat rooms for all you know past two years. Hey, you know what? I get to see an avatar. We get to see him now in guild chat, party chat, and I really am enjoying the fact that we are actually doing this now all together. Oh, yeah. Same here. You know, before we could just talk about the content we've experienced on PTS, but now that that everyone's actually here with us, they can actually understand what we're talking about because they've done it. You know, or, or are doing it or have similar experiences in the other factions, territories, and those quest lines. And it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, I I agree. It's uh, it's just it really is an amazing feeling to to finally get in game and and to connect with with everyone that uh, you know is part of our community. So it's mm-hmm. it's been great. Um, now for me, I mean, I've been trying to play as much as I possibly can. Um, I've uh, I, I've started a Templar. I got him up to level nineteen. Um, a lot of uh, using heavy armor with uh, one-handed sword and shield. Uh, also using a uh, restoration staff for my, my secondary weapon. I've uh, been playing them as a uh, DPS and a tank hybrid build, which you know gets us through dungeons and you know keeps the damage up a little bit. But I imagine I'm going to have to change that up later on. We'll see how that how adventure zones work out. Um. So I'm doing like a mix of like Adric Spear, Dawn's Wrath with um, Restoration Light and um, Restoring Light rather and uh, one-handed shield skill. That's uh, that's basically my, my, my DPS build. And um, for my healing, I do mostly Restoring Light skills with uh, basically my Restoration Staff. So that's that's sort of... You know, like you know, quickly how I how I'm building my character. Just a lot of just a huge mix of of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, managed to clear Oridon. Nice. Yeah, all quests, sky shards. I'm 18 out of 20 on the lore books in there. There's two missing. I gotta find them. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go back. Gotta find them. Yeah, just uh, just today. You know, you and uh, Dave were there. I I cleared. Uh, uh, well, earlier this morning I did banish cells, which we'll get into later on in the show. It's it's got a, a bug in there that's that's really 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 annoying. But uh, we did fungal grotto. What was the other one? Spindle clutch. Spindle clutch. That's right. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Tanked all of those instances. Lots of fun. Um, and I've I've moved on from Oridon into Grotwood, so I'm looking forward to. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, those quests. Well, how, how far in Grotwood have you? Really, I, I just walked in. Oh, okay. So you're still on the beach? <laughs> yeah, okay. still on the beach. Yeah, the uh, the pirates are sacking Grotwood, and <laughs> I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna save Grotwood somehow. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, PvP. Let's let's talk about let's talk about the stuff that I hate doing in in MMOs and how I'm just engrossed in doing it in this game. Uh, bravo to to Zenimax because I hate crafting and I hate PvP, and a lot of the decisions that I'm making are because I want to 
get into I want to continue my crafting and and I'm interested in PvP. I find myself when I'm questing or when I jump in the game, I find myself checking out the the map in Cyrodiil mm-hmm. to see um how well the the Almeri Dominion are doing, which is our faction. Uh in PvP, that's what we've chosen to do in PvP. So I check to see how are we doing? And I, I look at the map and I sort of just kind of analyze it and see if there's any ongoing battles and see how things are swaying and, and what uh, the other factions may be looking to do. And I, I find myself legitimately interested in this kind of thing and and getting getting involved. I like the fact that when your faction has certain things, when they're holding certain certain territories certain t- uh, amount of, of uh, towers in the game, I like the fact that everyone in the faction feels it in some way. You know, like, I mean, we're, we're in game right now, so I can actually do this right here on the stream. For example, um, the bonuses. When you have uh, all of your home keeps, all right, you uh, everyone in the faction gets this bonus here called uh, home keep bonus which increases experience, alliance points, and gold gained from kills by 5%. That's huge. Oh, yeah. That's, that's huge. Nice. And and that's when you have all of your home keep. Like, a lot of times you have that. And right now we don't. So when you when you check out the, the map in Cyrodiil, you'll see that um, we're, we're working toward it, but, you know, we don't, we don't have it quite yet. Um, this one right here, enemy keeps owned. Now we've got two right now. Uh, enemy keep bonus one increases experience, alliance points and gold gained from kills by 2%. So this, I mean, it just keeps going up. You got another one here, uh, increase weapon critical and spell critical by, by 2% enemy keep bonus two. So, I mean, it's just, and then the emperor ship as well, um, makes just, just makes it really, uh, (laughs) <laughs> fleshes it out, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. So I find myself just naturally in- interested in that kind of thing. Um, I, but how how do you find the, I guess, gosh, for lack of a better phrase, the, the the feel and flow for how PvP works in this game? I, I find it to be very natural. Okay. I mean, do you, do you like, think of it as, uh, like, it's like another player, or do you feel like you're just, just challenging another mob? you know, NPC mob, do you get that same rush and same feeling or, or yeah. you know, that is, I guess that anticipation. I, I like, uh, I, I sort of, I think it depends on, on how it goes really. Um, it, it, it seems like if you're now earlier today is a great example of this. All right. We were, we were running around, um, we were running around Cyrodiil just doing the PVE, which the, the PVE quests in Cyrodiil are amazing. It, it's an amazing it's an amazing feeling to know that at any given point, um you could you could you're you're doing the same stuff that you would normally do either either by yourself or or in a group. But it it's really cool to know that for the time being right now, I'm involved in in something that that could blow up in any second. I could get completely just jumped by a whole bunch of different, you know, enemies. And 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 there's like a I feel like, you know, we're adventuring around 
in a war that's raging all around us. And we're either uh, choosing to become a part of it or not. Mm-hmm. So we were running around and, and we actually went into um, a cave to check out some of the quests in there. And what did we find? A bunch of Daggerfall Covenant guys just, just doing their thing. So we jumped <laughs> <Yes>. them. <laughs> they, they were pulling an enemy and we pulled them. <laughs> yeah. And it was great. It was it was totally cool to just, you know, walk in and be like, oh, uh, hey. Uh, <laughs> so now we fight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was really cool. And so I, I like I, I like how natural that was. We just we walked in there and there there was the enemy. And meanwhile, we were in a, in an area of Cyrodiil that that should be ours. Our home um, towers are right there. But because the Daggerfall Covenant swept in last night and took all of that and most of Cyrodiil, they own those towers. So they're walking around our our area like it's theirs. And we were exploring our area because it's ours. And and we just met and that was it. We just boom, that was it. We we went at it. And we beat them. And it was cool. It it felt awesome. Um so then I like I like the fact that even though it's like a you you could be in a small group, you could get involved in those in those small skirmishes. Exactly. And you know, I I think that's what makes I guess what we're doing PV questing out there is so much more exciting and thrilling is the fact that yeah, you know what, a lot of the a lot of the fighting, yeah, they're gonna be the big fights, the big drawn out fights, the epic battles. But when it comes down to it, you know, every day it's just going to be little groups of players, you know, just going around, doing their thing that are just going to encounter other small groups just like theirs and just have at it. <laughs> yeah. And then and then there's the big battles that you're talking about. You know, you you open up the map and you see that, you know, you're you're losing territory and you're losing bonuses and you want to do something about it because, you know, that's where the excitement is and it's going to be fun. And you jump in there, and and all of a sudden now, like on Saturday, we went to go, you know, hang out in Cyrodiil for a little while, and it turned into a ten-hour stream. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> ten hours. We went from the Aldmerian Dominion holding three keeps to at the end of the, that ten hours, we were one keep away from crowning an emperor. It was it was unbelievably epic. We had we held most of Cyrodiil at the end of those ten hours. It was like no one could keep us back. It was great. We had uh, Quest Gaming Network had I think uh, two full raid groups at one point towards the end of the night mm-hmm. of of uh, twenty four members. I was in I was in control of one. Um, some I think maybe John was in control yes. of another. Yep, yep. Soup was in charge of the other group. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we were just rolling together, and and we weren't by ourselves. Like as big of a group as that was, we weren't by ourselves. We had the entire faction that we were with. It got to the point where um, our our uh, our server Wabajack was locked out on both the on all three: the Aldmeri Dominion, the Daggerfall Covenant, and the Ebonheart Pact. They were locked. You couldn't get into Cyrodiil unless somebody left. It was an unbelievably epic battle that that we were just in for 10 hours. Just 
taking control of territory left and right on, on all ends of the map and on all fronts. Just tearing down siege walls, taking resources. It was fantastic. And we hadn't, we didn't mean to do it. We just, we went in there. I, I think it started because uh, Joanna wanted to, to do like a dungeon in the area. And we couldn't because we got pushed out of a, we, we used a transit shrine to get to a, a keep. And as we got there, it was just being taken. The resources were being taken from us. And we came out and we just got slaughtered. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and I think, if I remember correctly, because I, uh, I remember hearing it, that you guys were had a couple of attempts just trying to get there and you know, not cause any trouble. And it mm-hmm. just went, you know what? No, forget this. <laughs> we're just going to go out and just murder people now. <laughs> yeah. It literally turned into that. It was just like we we were just we were going in there to do a dungeon, and and we're just on our way there, and we just got slaughtered. So and we we resed at at another place, and we got pushed out of there. We tried resing at a, at a second place, and and that was it. Like at one point, I just sort of put my foot down. Like this is this is BS. This is nonsense. We're trying to do a dungeon, and we're getting attacked. And from there, it was just a huge battle that that we just tore through it was it was fantastic so i love the fact that pvp is just so engrossing for me because i hate doing it in 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 um in mmos and in in this game i legitimately love it now dave you were you were saying that um you you also you're not into when it comes to crafting you're not into it and yet you find yourself what's up i've always been into crafting who was saying that was that you lou yeah, yeah. I, I normally haven't been into crafting it at, at all in other MMOs, unless it specifically warranted it. Like if I, if I do quest lines that it required me to craft, yes, then I worked on it. But that's been far a few in between for the past uh, few years in other MMOs I played. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I would much rather be the gathering master and gather every resource that's available in the game, and just pay other players who are crafters the. Uh, you know, to have it do it for me, like build armor, weapons, jewelry, accessories, and, and the like. Because to me, I, I'd much rather be playing the game than, I guess, uh, sacrificing my time to work and, uh, you know, hone the crafting. Mm. I agree. I'm the same way. And, and I think it was you, Lou, who told me that you find yourself holding on to, or, or maybe it was, um, Maybe it was Vegna in our guild. But someone was saying earlier today that they, they find themselves, despite the fact that they hate crafting in MMOs, they love it in this game, and they find themselves holding on to just about everything, just so they can break it down into um, into crafting components and then use that stuff to craft other things and level up their crafting. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that was Vegna that said that. And you know what? It, it's true. Um, again, coming in here, uh, not really, you know, enjoying the crafting aspects of a lot of MMOs, but again, with the system they introduced here in Elder Scrolls Online, it, it's easy to pick up. Yeah, maybe there are a couple of bumps here and there. Of course, you know, no, no description is perfect and mistakes are going to be made, but for the most part, after a couple of tries... You know, crafting 
for me in this game is enjoyable. And it's something I don't dread anymore. It's something I actually look forward to. Like, uh, I, I wholeheartedly admit to being now a, a, a terminal hoarder in this game. <laughs> <laughs> because I have so much stuff on me, just on my character and in my bank space. Yeah. Just for a future, like, you know, I want to research those traits. I want to break that down because you know what? It's a great quality item. I'm not going to use it, but heck, I can use the mats. Once, or I'm sorry, the crafting materials I would get by deconstructing it. So, you know, it, it, it's something that I think a lot of people should uh, really look into as well. I mean, if you haven't tried crafting in any games before, you know, or if you knew, like an RPG player coming to the MMO world for the first time, definitely, I would say, give the crafting here a whirl. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because it, it definitely is worth it. And besides, I think, didn't the devs say that, you know, some of the best gear that we could obtain would have to come from uh, players. From, yeah, in crafting. Who are, yeah, who are that skilled in crafting to improve our weapons or create the components yeah. that we need to make our epic weapons, epic armor, epic accessories. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, they said that basically whatever you get in game, uh, you can you can improve. And I, I've seen that myself. I've whatever like drops that I've received in game. I've taken and I'm, I've improved on simply by getting this was this is what got me really interested in the crafting. I'm I'm into blacksmithing, all right, because I wear heavy armor. I like to make my own armor. Mm-hmm. Um, while in the commission of just doing quests, I was getting like a lot of greens dropping for uh, leather and and cloth. I would break this down. And I would still get these these crafting uh, pieces that helps upgrade your gear in blacksmithing called honing stones. So I would break down a piece of leather or a, a piece of um, cloth, and I would get a honing stone out of it. I would then turn that honing take take that turn that around, and I would take the same chest piece that I'm wearing right now, use that honing stone, and upgrade it. And it was it was a stronger chess piece than than what I had, and then I would just run over to the en- the enchanter buy you know an enchanting rune, because I'm not really into enchanting in this game, and and just apply it. If it ha- if I already didn't have one there, mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing. And then on top of the fact that after I broke those items down and got my honing stone out of it, which is not a hundred percent drop all the time. Um, but it does happen from time to time. You do get these honing stones. Um, I would take the, the raw items that I broke down or that I got from breaking down the cloth and leather. And I would, I would put it on our guild store and I would get a couple of, couple of gold pieces out of it and, and help out guild members as well. And I would sell these these items for you know not too much, maybe like you know ten ten gold for like a stack or something. I would make sure that I was selling it for for cheaper than you could get it from a a vendor. This way, you know, you get the, a little discount for for shopping in the in the ESOTR Guild store. Um, Low prices every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I really like how how all of that like works together. It, it was, it was a lot of fun. And this is stuff that I hate getting involved in. I hate PVP. I, I hate crafting. And yet I find myself really like naturally interested in keeping up with it. 
So it's 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 uh, just a lot of fun. Um, Dave, on any of that stuff that I mentioned, you anything you want to elaborate on or or bring up from your own gameplay? PvP's crap. Crafting is balling. That's about it. <laughs> Shank, what about you? You've been you've been quiet. I know you haven't really been. Uh, you you haven't played because you're waiting for the console version. Yeah, I'm waiting for the console version, and uh, good thing too because my my uh, my call decided to drop all on its own. But fortunately, I was able to join. So yay! Um, oh, there you go. Well, there you go. Yeah, uh, yay technology. Um, I actually have some news uh, about uh, the Elder Scrolls in general, actually, and it might not first sound like it, but just just bear with me. This does tie into Elder Scrolls, everybody. Okay. Earlier this week, NVIDIA released um, DX11 driver optimizations. This is a beta driver, uh, beta driver 337.5. And I actually put the link in the chat in case anybody wants to go uh, download it if you have an NVIDIA card. So, Shank, how how does this possibly relate to Elder Scrolls? Well, one of the things that they mention in the uh, driver notes is that if you have a GTX 700 series, single GPU card, you can experience performance gains up to 25% in Skyrim. That's that's pretty significant. So what I did was, earlier this week, I, I downloaded this and I tested it, and of course everybody knows that I play Skyrim with crazy maxed out ENBs and it's and I found out, you know, for, for the most part that yes, it, my performance actually uh, in Skyrim actually did increase, and I ended up getting a smoother gameplay. Uh, you know, unfortunately, though Skyrim is kind of it's it's overly dependent on the CPU, and adding an ENB on top of that doesn't really help. But I found out that in general, I did experience a performance boost with these beta drivers, and. If you if you guys are looking to uh, you know see this for yourself, I would recommend going into the Rift in Skyrim and testing out and see you know pre pre uh, beta driver and then install the driver and then go into the Rift and see your before and after results with your performance using Fraps or something. Um, you know, I'm usually wary of such you know beta drivers because I've had issues with them in the past, but I, I've played a couple of games with this one in Skyrim. You know, I got a pretty good boost with Skyrim. So I would suggest if if you have an Nvidia card, you know, go get the driver. You're because I, I experienced some pretty good performance in Skyrim, uh, improved performance, I should say, in Skyrim. So uh, go get it. All right. Um, here here are some issues that that I've seen in uh, in Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, dark anchors. This is the biggest thing. All right. Maybe you guys can sort of back me up on this a little bit. Um, they don't give any rewards. If you're not in the fighters guild, I think that's got to change because I've noticed that if, if you've already done dark anchors, if you've received the achievements for the dark anchor and you're not in the fighters guild, I don't see a lot of people going after these things anymore. And I sort of hate to see people just run past them and not care about the dark anchors because they really are a fantastic part of the game. They're a, a tremendous amount of fun. Now, now Dave and Lou and I, we um, as well as uh, Vegna from from the uh, from the guild, we were in Cyrodiil uh, earlier today doing some PVE stuff, and we we just you know uh, Mori was there as well, and we just ran toward this dark anchor and just we had a lot of fun. Just I mean we got our butts handed to us. <laughs> 
but we had a lot of fun just fighting it. And, and we knew that there wasn't any like reward for us. We just wanted to play it because we knew it was fun. But we're not we're not the normal gamer when it comes to that kind of thing. I, a lot of the guys, a lot of the people playing the game, they don't. If they've already have done that particular dark anchor and gotten their achievement, they just skip past it. So, I really think that this is a, a problem in the game, and I th- I think it's you know big enough to to really warrant um, a, a look at. Indeed, I mean, what do you think could make it better? Could make the experience better, other than maybe the. I, I guess the ever-present, uh, I guess, gold drop, you know, or gold reward. I have a suggestion. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I look at Dark Anchors, uh, you know, comparable to Oblivion Gates from Oblivion. And in Oblivion, when you completed a uh, or closed an Oblivion Gate, what did you have to do? You had to, you know, pick up and remove the Sigil Stone, and it would close the gate. What did the sigil stone do? Well, the sigil stone allowed you to enchant, you know, something. It ha- it was like a basically an enchanted enchanted thing, which you could apply to your various stuff. If the dark and you know what, even though as I hated oblivion gates, I always knew they were worth closing because of the sigil stones. And I think if the dark anchors employed some something like that, not doesn't have to be huge, but just just something something like similar to that maybe not necessarily like an enchanted thing but something something kind of like that i think it would it would give people a little bit more incentive to go after them or even if it dropped like you know when it uh at the very end of a dark anchor it like shoots down enemies that immediately die into pile of ashes yeah (laughs) they could have those piles of ashes lootable even if it's a low chance of good stuff dropping have that be where it, it distributes loot that way Right, and you could have like currencies that drop from it would be even better than anything, or better than nothing, you know? Yeah, something. I mean, look, there's nothing that 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 makes an MMO gamer go nuts, like the promise of a of an upgrade to uh, their their gear or their weapons. I think that if you're really going to get people charging after these dark anchors that are not a part of the fighters guild. I really think that uh, if you if you have something where they're able to get gear out of it, then I think that would go a long way to, to inspiring people to uh, get to these dark anchors a lot. Uh, start playing these dark anchors a lot more than they already are. Now, how you, I mean, fill in the blank there. I mean, whatever whatever Zenimax might think is the most appropriate way for for doling out dark anchors. Maybe it comes in the form of um, you know a chest that drops at the end i don't know if that that would be lore breaking for them um but it would be a fun mechanic i would think uh there there some games have have said okay once you're done with content here's like here's a token take take the tokens accrue them then turn them into a vendor for gear i don't know if that would be that that might work in in this game if if they find a a a way to kind of explain that through the lore uh, maybe you you pick pick up like uh, I don't know a certain amount of like Daedra something. Maybe like when you Daedra, Daedra husks. 
something like that. Yeah, like a special type of Daedra husk that only drops out of these these uh, dark anchors. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can go to the Fighters Guild to tune to turn them in for, um, or the Mages Guild to turn them in for for uh, a skill point or uh, probably not a skill point, but you know for gear. Or crafting right, nets. Le- right, level appropriate gear or level appropriate crafting materials, depending upon you know what level your crafting skills are at mm-hmm. when you turn them in. Um, yeah, I mean, or, or even if not a chest, or, or just as you mentioned, since we do get to kill that, you know, that last, I guess, boss or mini boss at the end of the Dark Anchor once we close it, you know, just have it to where that particular NPC mob holds all the loot. You know, and all the players get to, you know, pick from it. Yeah. Or, you know, or would that be too much of a hassle in terms of, uh, uh, you know, making it instance to every player? You know, players who don't do anything get nothing. You know, and but those who have done their share, a close dark anchor, you know, get their, get something comparable, I guess, to their effort. Or would that even work? Mm. Who knows? Uh, all I know is that uh, one one of the biggest complaints right now that I keep hearing is is uh, dark anchors. A lot of fun, no reward. Right, no incentive then. <laughs> yeah. Um, another. Yeah, you want to talk about things that need to be fixed? The big two things on my list. Number one. Yeah. Is repairs, especially at low levels. The repair cost for an item shouldn't be a hundredfold what the item vendors for. No, you're right. I mean, if an item that vendors for six gold shouldn't take 150 gold to repair. That's ridiculous. Especially at low levels when you only get like one or two gold drops an enemy. Yeah. It's it's stupid the amount of gold that it takes to even keep up a good set of gear at low level. It needs to be low enough to where it's not the best option but at the same time, it needs to be on a reasonable amount to where it, it's worth repairing your gear. Right now, it's not. It's so expensive that I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. It's actually, right now, it's better to craft a new set of gear than repair your gear, even if it's the best gear you've ever had. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt, it it, it definitely is. Um, that is. Yeah, I'll take a downgrade on repaired gear over repairing my good gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and quite literally, players have have gone virtually broke in game because mm-hmm. the costs have been so high. Because the game at points can be so unforgiving with encounters that dying repeatedly just literally breaks your game bank. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's. I wouldn't say it's um, I wouldn't say it's a game breaking or like a nine one one problem, but I would say that it's, it's enough of a problem where it's it's just a, it's a pain. It really is just a a big pain, and um, you know, I would. Yeah. I mean, we were we were dungeon dungeoneering and questing all day, and I've maybe have earned three hundred gold out of that. Yeah. That- it's forty-seven thousand at once. It's it's forty-seven thousand gold for a horse. In comparison to what what it costs to repair, in comparison to what it costs to to buy uh, soul stones, 
it, it, it isn't reasonable. Mm. I mean, it, the costs of things need to be in line. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I would say like in my mind, and I don't know if this is, this would work or not, but maybe like an increase, um, amount of, of just gold through the questing, increase it by a certain percentage, I think would probably help quite a bit. Cause I don't think it's the prices that are, are the problem. I think the problem is the amount of gold that you're getting for how long you're spending in game or for the amount of activities that, that you're doing in game. Like for me, I think one of the good things um, as far as like reward goes centers around the alliance points. What? Alliance points. What, what do you mean? As in what you do in PVP. That, and, what does that have to do with anything? Well, uh, let me see if I can, if I because it makes sense in my mind. So um, let me see if I can find a way to explain it better. Um, I sort of see alliance points as um, another form of the economy. When you do something in the game, you get a reward for it. Gold is part of that. Um, what we're saying is is that we're not getting enough gold, seemingly, for for what what the prices are in in Cyrodiil. Uh not not Cyrodiil, in just in the game in general. Where when you do something, you get gold, and it just doesn't stack up to how what the prices are like to to purchase things. Um, now in in PvP, when you when you PvP in in Cyrodiil, you gain alliance points. Those alliance points, I feel, accrue. Uh, very quickly based on what you do while PVPing. You then take those alliance points and you can purchase um, uh, siege weapons and, and uh, forward camps and all that. I, I feel that when you when you work, when you play hard in, in PVP and you gain alliance points and then you turn that around um, to, to get the, the siege weapons, I feel like that relationship between what you've done, what you've gained and how you spend them and, and the amount that you have to spend in order to receive um, siege weapons is a, is a lot tighter. It's a lot closer than the, how it exists in PvE. So what you're saying is the economy in PvE currency is un- unbalanced vastly in comparison to the PvP economy and how the currency is spent. Yeah, absolutely. Which I would have to agree. Yeah. Um, I've heard about what in-game PvP gear costs, and it's kind of outrageous, but it's understandable. I mean, in-game PvPers are going to have to grind for it. And and at in-game, I'd expect the grind. The problem isn't what it looks like in-game. That's not what I'm complaining about at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not complaining that I think that we should be handed everything for free. What I'm complaining about here is, at low levels, when things are pretty much worthless... You you have to pay ten times what you're actually bringing in to be able to keep up with with what's going on around you. Yeah. The simply you should have a, either. There's two choices here: either the upkeep of items and content, the cost needs to go down to where your income is, or your income needs to go up toward your upkeep. Yeah. There's got to be some kind of like balancing act, I I think. Um, Hell, or or meet in the middle between them. But either way, it's not where it should be right now, and you can feel it. 
Oh yeah, without a doubt. And I think I think Zoss knows this, um, but it's always good to just just let him know, like, hey, this is this is a problem, without a doubt. You know, the the dark anchors and and the uh, the PVE economy definitely needs uh, a, a closer look and and uh, a keen eye to just sort of put it where it needs to be because a lot of a lot of the players are certainly uh, complaining about it. Um, yeah. And then of course now the bugs. I'm not I'm not a problem. I don't have a problem with bugs. Really, but when it when it comes to the point where I can't progress my my quest, and I've seen this a few times now. Now, oh, the workaround right now, and I know that I know they re- they just released a patch on the seventh, and that fixed a lot of bugs. Um, unfortunately, it didn't fix all of them, so there are bugs right now in Oridon that I came up with where. Uh, there's there's three major quests, and you can find this on the forums as well. Uh, there's three major quests in Oridon where you can't progress them because of these bugs. And the workaround is you have to um, you have to log out and then log back in, and you can then progress the storyline. So it's not a bad workaround; it's pretty easy. Uh, but the the bad one, all right, which I really need is this is a nine one one. Like you have to address this immediately, and, and hopefully this Monday. Uh, when they patch the server again, this will be addressed. Um, the the first boss in Banished Cells. Oh, my God. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. I have never gotten past that. There's, I don't have one character who's gotten past that. I've been in Banished Cells countless times. Yeah. Every time I get to that first boss, brick wall. Yeah. I mean, it's really bad. Not, you- not because I can't beat the boss. We beat the boss every time now. Yeah. I'm level 22. <laughs> I could solo the boss. Yeah, the in boss fact, isn't the I issue. I could walk past the room and accidentally trip over the boss and kill him right. at this point. It's the, the NPC. The, the screaming lady. Yeah. God, she must be paid a million bucks for that scream because, damn it, I've heard her <laughs> scream more time in this game than any other content in this game. I've heard that scream so much, I wake up with night terrors at night. <laughs> Just replaying that scream over my head. I'll tell you what, though, that voice actress needs an Oscar or something because she really does. You can she really, really does. You can really hear the tiny torment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you down that boss, the first boss in Banished Cells, the uh, the NPC uh, behind it doesn't doesn't reset or or progress its mechanics. So um, unfortunately, you're sort of like stuck there, and you uh you're now you can go and and do i think the i don't even know if you can do the other bosses to be honest i think that has to progress in order to even get yeah you gotta do that one yeah you have to defeat him move on before you get get to the rest of the dungeon now early this morning i got lucky i was uh tanking for a group we're doing us we're doing a stream do you really want to talk about your love life (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got a little lucky with that. I, I was tanking for a group and, and the, the story did progress itself. She dropped to the floor and, you know, an NPC ran in and there was a conversation between, you know, her and the other NPC who was the quest giver. So the story was moving itself along and we were able to do the rest of the dungeon. But that was the one time out of maybe like the last 10 that I've attempted to do this in different, uh, different times of the day, different days. And it, it just hasn't, they just haven't had a chance to fix it yet. So that's the other thing I really think needs to, 
that that it's bad. <laughs> That's right. got to get fixed. My final complaint about ESO, which really is not much of a complaint because it is usable mm-hmm. to a point, is the social and guild system. Mm. It needs a lot of work. Um, I've even requested on on like Twitter that people make me add-ons to try to fix some of the issues. It's it's not friendly. Like it's the only part of the game that isn't intuitive, which is surprising. It genuinely is surprising that the guild system isn't intuitive. Uh, but honestly, it, it needs some work. There needs to be more than two usable ranks, because honestly, after the guild leader and officer rank, you have two usable ranks. It needs to have what it does have in ranks, the settings that you choose to set for ranks. It'd be nice if those worked. It'd be really cool if those worked. Yeah. They work half the time. There was a... Plus that other that other thing that you were talking about, right? Silenced member doesn't work. Yeah, silenced member was freaking out the other day. We're, we're going to play with it. Yeah. We're going to figure out how to fix it for our guild so it works right. We're going to have it fixed. It, or if not, if it isn't fixed, we're going to find a way to make it usable for us. And that's actually what we're going to be doing. Uh, we have a meeting tomorrow night, and that's one of the issues that we're going to bring up during the meeting. But more on that later. Um there, it, I'm surprised the way they're doing having five guilds and then not having basically any guild support. It's so it's so odd. I was expecting, yeah, I get it that it, the guilds were bare bones in the beta. I wasn't expecting them to be so still bare bones when it went live. I genuinely was expecting more. And... They need to fix it. I, I've already heard of uh, guilds that were, because of the the very limited control, guilds cannot hold themselves together hmm. already. Yeah, one. Of, I think uh, one of the features that I saw that I, I thought could use a little work as well was um, the the guild history. We we had an yeah. issue where someone came into our guild and. Um, they took stuff out of the guild and then left the guild and, and sold them. So we were trying to figure out exactly uh, what was taken and the guild history. And we figured that out through the guild history, but we also wanted to know, has this been going on for, for quite a while? Well, the guild history isn't long enough for us to really establish if that's been going on for a long time. And, and, and the game's been out for a week. If you're going to do an item log, it needs to be pretty long. Yeah. It needs to also be separate from your other stuff. And it, it needs to be reasonably ascertainable as to what's happening when. You know, they just really need to sit down and say, all right, guys, we got work to do. Let's sit down and work on it. Yeah. Uh, Zoss is really good about listening to their community, so I, I would I would say that you know um, let's let's go to the forums and in a constructive manner, you know tell them that there's there's certain functionality that we would like to see in in the guild system if you feel that it's it's uh, lacking, and uh, just let them know hey you know guys uh, this is this is something that I think is uh, could could benefit the guild system. 
Um, I, I will say though, such as it is, it's uh, it's not a bad system. No, but, it's not bad. It's no. usable. Yeah, it's, it's just very limited. Very, very limited. All right, guys. Uh, well, let's. Um, if there's nothing else that that maybe uh, either Lou or or Shank wants to get out about their in-game play for the week, uh, I think it might be time for our discussion topics. Oh God. <laughs> right after this. In their tongue, he's Dovahkiin, Dragonborn. <laughs> Introducing Craglorn. Posted by ElderScrollsOnline.com on Monday, April 7th. Uh, this came from Paul Sage. Uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to show you the video right here on the live stream of Craglorn. Now it's it's uh, 4 minutes and 15 seconds, so enjoy this, and we're going to talk about the information, of course, uh, right on afterward. Today I'm excited to talk about our first content update for The Elder Scrolls Online. It's the next piece of the veteran gameplay pie, and it's specifically designed for groups of 4 players, and it's got even more special content designed for groups of 12 players. It's the adventure zone known as Craglorn. Craglorn is different from the other zones in Elder Scrolls Online. Content starts at veteran rank 10, and the exploration content is built for groups of four. It has new and dangerous veteran rank group dungeons, and it introduces Trials, our large group veteran PvE system. When you first enter Craglorn, there's going to be a mystery that's set up. The constellations are missing from the sky, and you're going to hear rumor of these beings called Celestials. And they are the Warrior, the Mage, the Serpent, and the Thief. And how they're impacting Craglorn and what's going on is going to be what your group discovers. To actually get introduced to that story, we have quests that are specifically designed for four-person groups. These quests take you to different locations throughout Craglorn, and they keep revealing more and more of the story. But of course, we also have the quests that come about from natural exploration. If you're out exploring with your group, you'll stumble on these quests many of which you can repeat on a daily basis. But it's the main story quests that really drive you to these larger places of interest that are specifically tailored to reveal more of the overall story of Craglorn. Just like normal zones, Craglorn has a main city, and that city's called Belkarth, which might be a great staging area for you to set up a group. Then as you and your group go out and explore the world, you'll see what we call Dells. You may have experienced Dells in the Overland content, for instance, say, Oradon or any of the other normal zones. The great things about Delves and Craglorn is their instance to your party. They're going to have a Sky Shard in them, which gives you those all-important skill points. And they're also going to have boss fights in them. So it's almost like a mini-dungeon set up for just your group. In Craglorn, the places of interest you find are very reminiscent of our veteran dungeons. They're instance, they have a high level of difficulty, and these should challenge even the best of our four-person groups. And that brings us to the brand new large group challenge that is being introduced in Craglorn. Trials. Specifically designed for groups of 12, trials are really for the best of the best. Once you begin, you'll have to overcome a lot of challenges, such as environmental hazards, there's a lot of different monsters we throw at you, and of course there are boss monsters that have interesting tactics that you haven't encountered anywhere in the game before. And if all of the encounters and bosses weren't enough, you have a timer that you're up against. 
and you also have a limited number of resurrections that your group is allowed. As you're going through the trials, we're going to be tracking your time, and those resurrections, they count against that time. But if your group turns in one of the best times, you're going to be added to the leaderboards. And if you make it to the top of the leaderboards, you're going to get rewards. It's the ultimate challenge for your group in the Elder Scrolls Online. That's just the briefest of overviews of many of the things that you'll be seeing in Craglorn. We had a lot of fun making this own, and we hope you'll have a lot of fun playing it. Craglorn in trials, guys. <laughs> Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Craglorn in trials. Lou, start us off. All right. Craglorn in trials. I mean, when I first heard that announcement a couple of days ago, and watch the video, I was, gosh, I was beside myself. I was very excited. Okay. I think one of the biggest concerns that uh, veteran MMO players had about Elder Scrolls Online was the fact that, you know, what will be there waiting for us, you know, once we hit the level cap of the game, the present level cap of the game. You know, what is there for us to do? Okay. And true to form, you know, they said, all right, you know what? This is what we have for you. You know, yes, we gave you a, a pretty decent challenge leveling up to get here to 50 and so on, but it's just the beginning, you know? At least that's what that's the feeling I get when they when they, just, they finally released this video. It's like, hey, yeah, you had some tough challenges, you overcame them, but guess what? We are kicking up a couple notches, you know? Yeah. This is what we got here waiting for you. Okay, and the fact that it's going to be uh, four-man content to begin with. Okay, I'm, I'm going to keep them separate from the trials. So I'll, so I'll go into that later. Okay, they are offering you, God, what, a zone's worth of content <laughs> <laughs> for four players. Okay, to me that is incredible. The fact that they have all those challenges. Okay, all. Uh, you know, and whatever quest to have involved in that adventure zone, just lined up and waiting for you. Okay, you know that that's that gauntlet they just threw down. Zoss just said, "Hey, you know what? You hit fifty, fine. Here, poof. Think you can handle it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come, come at us. We we've got this waiting for you. You know. And on top of that, <laughs> yeah, they said, okay. There's more of you that want to try and do something together, you know, much larger group. Hey, there you go. All right, we, now we've got the trials. <laughs> All right, if I remember correctly, it was 12, 12 person group mm -hmm. content. Yeah. Yep, aimed, 12 yep, 12 person group content aimed at, uh, I mean, they said it, uh, challenging uh, the very skilled, okay, 
the competitive and, and those who enjoy that level of challenge in a game. Okay, and uh, they made it, I guess, uh, got a, a, a real competition in terms of, hey, you know what? Here are the trials. Do you think your 12-man or 12-person team can do it? Fine, do it. Okay, they placed the restrictions, limited amount of resurrections. Okay, mm-hmm. the the time challenge in and of itself. All right, and I think that's going to drive a lot of players to come on, you know, get their names up on the board. You know, if nothing else, it's going to say, hey, you know what? We you know, we set the standard for defeating this content or this particular type of content. You know, thinking you made us, please. You're more than welcome to try. You know, and I think that's awesome that they gave uh, uh, players who want that, that type of challenge, who welcome it, you know, they gave them an avenue saying, hey, here's, this is waiting for you too. See what you, you know, see what you can do. Yeah, let's uh, let's go over some of the uh, the information again. Um, these uh, let's see the the Adventure Zone Craglorn. All right, will be available to you once you reach Veteran Rank Ten. So once you hit fifty, then get up to Veteran Rank Ten, then you can uh, run into the Adventure Zone with four people in total. Um, now their exploration content is built for groups of four, so that includes getting that means getting in there. You got to run around in a group of four. Uh, there are dungeons, okay, which he mentioned called those delves, where if you're running around in the game, you see like a little um, torch on your compass. That indicates a delve. It's a public dungeon. Uh, and then the, he also introduced trials, which is large group uh, play PVE content. Uh, he was saying that the, the constellations are missing from the sky and the story centers around these beings called celestials who are the the warrior the mage uh the serpent and the thief uh quests are designed for four person groups and will reveal more of the story so as you're adventuring around craglorn with your your group you get to experience the story uh he also talked about natural exploration quests which can be repeated daily as well uh there will be a main city i believe he called it belkarth um, let's see what else. All oh, right, those delves—they are instanced to your party, so it's not like the ones that exist in game now, where they're they're public dungeons and anyone can run in. It's you have an instance uh, of that delve, and you go in there. It's got a sky shard and a boss fight at the very end. And then he went into the trials, which you know Lou was just talking about. Groups of twelve people can can do this. All right, he mentioned that there has many challenges, including environmental. Uh, many different kinds of monsters that you haven't seen in the game yet up to that point. Uh, there's boss monsters with all new types of tactics that you haven't encountered in the game yet. Um, and then, of course, it's on a timer. It has a limited number of reses, which will count against your time. And uh, those that time and those resurrections are tracked. And that goes to the leaderboards. And if you know you make the board, you get rewards. And he didn't specify what those rewards were. Uh, Dave. Based on this information, mm-hmm. what's uh, what's your opinion? My opinion is longevity. Um, this is the kind of content that I'm going to want to go back through because it has its own storyline mm-hmm. from start to finish. Mm-hmm. I'm going to want to go back through this and keep doing it 
even when you know the second, third, fourth expansions go out. This is this kind of content, the standalone huge content that you can just go in and, and have fun doing with your friends. This is the thing that drew me into playing WoW for all those years. This is what I love about playing video games that actually makes me want to play MMOs is the content that is standalone, in-game, and repeatable. This is not only that, but it's a full area of that. That's a huge thing for me. This is like they, they picked out my favorite things of video games and put it together in one little pot and stirred. <laughs> Shank, um, I I apologize. I know I know you're why? really why are you apologizing? You're really quiet today, and I I hate the fact that um, we really haven't had a chance to sort of get to maybe like your end of of this whole thing um, in in Elder Scrolls. But uh, first, let me let me ask you know what what's the chat room saying about this, and then I, I have some very specific questions. We're to dealing you. with a troll at the moment who doesn't grasp the difference between content and uh, in game. Okay, so sorry, <laughs> the, the chat room's not of help at the moment. Super, super is um he's oh my oh super that's 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 PG thirteen. Oh okay. my, oh my, he's, I, I might have just made that up. Oh, okay. okay gotcha. <laughs> uh, so, all right, Shank. Yes, sir. Regarding this information. Yes. Okay. Sir. All right. This is obviously a very MMO thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you feel about about it in an Elder Scrolls game? Honestly, I am very indifferent to this. I I, uh, I saw the the video uh actually a couple times i saw one it was uh released by mr philip g uh aka paul sage mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever that was released and then i saw it uh, <laughs> i saw it another time i think uh yesterday maybe and just you know just to see if i had missed anything in my first uh viewing um and i caught some more information actually which you outlined here you know with the uh, the main city etc I, I missed that in the first time but Honestly, for something like this, I, I'm I'm genuinely indifferent about it because uh, this this is all like group stuff, and for somebody like me who I, I mean I know I'm not going to group, I'm not going to PvP, I'm not going to like you know go out of my way to like uh, do raiding and dungeons and stuff like that, which you know maybe some more traditional MMO players may enjoy doing, but uh, for somebody like me coming from the 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 Elder Scrolls uh, you know single player. Uh, games and etc like from that this honestly doesn't really interest me too much um i I thought what i saw in the actual uh in the actual video very pretty you can tell that there's a ton of detail that i mean the the constellation thing i like how that kind of ties into the uh to the story and the lore aspect of the the overall overarching elder scrolls uh universe from the last you know gosh 20 20 years Mm -hmm. i like that part but the actual content what it's designed for eh, you know it's not really my cup of tea but it's you know that that's that's not a bad thing it's because the game is as we've said it appeals to a broad spectrum of players so for me personally for shank right this this is not my cup of tea and that's you know that's fine okay do you do you find it um 
do you find it at least appealing at all to to you know roam around uh you know Craglorn with with friends and and just sort of experience the story and and all that or are you just like not at all you don't want to no because no i'm, I'm okay. genuinely like really not interested in it and i'm not i'm not saying like oh this sucks i'm not saying that at all so please internet don't tweet me tomorrow saying shank said this sucks because that's not <laughs> what i'm saying <laughs> I, I'm genuinely apathetic towards this in, in not a good way and not a bad way, just what it is. Uh, I, I don't – yeah. Yeah, it's, I, just, I it's just content that's going to be in the game that, yeah. that you're just going to – you're just not going to, to really consume. That's, that's basically yeah, yeah. what that is. It's pretty much – yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Okay. All right. Um, Lou, any, any final thoughts on that maybe? Well, I'm really looking forward to actually uh, being able to experience it. And I really think that if and when this hits and if the response is favorable, uh, I really think they could, they could uh, again, introduce more Adventure Zones. It gives even more of that, that level of content, mm. but even more expand upon it. Okay, Maybe they'll come up with different ways of, okay, you know what? We did Adventure Zones this way. Let's see what else we can do to push the envelope, to keep players interested in coming back to – to these adventure zones and come up with newer, you know, more challenging trials that will have people, you know, foaming in the mouth to get it or, you know, wanting to put their fist through the computer because they just can't get it yet. <laughs> mm. You know, it'll inspire that, that level of competition, that, that level of, of, of uh, excitement and thrill of tackling that kind of content. I, uh, there's a uh, one, a gentleman uh, or a person in the chat room is saying, I'm with Shank. I want to enjoy this game, but I wish I could do more solo. I find myself, Wishing there was a setting to disable other players on screen. LOL. I I, I kind of after after being in in Cyrodiil for as long as I was this week, I, I really feel like ninety eight percent of this game is is solo. And f- uh, f- coming from somebody who played like that, you know, explicitly played like that in the beta. I found, and maybe, I don't know, maybe if this individual has done this or hasn't done this already, I honestly, I found that, you know, uh, filtering out the chat options, it, in my head, like, it made made it seem more solo to me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, it, it makes sense to me, <laughs> so hopefully you guys understand what I'm talking about, yeah. but to me, it, it felt a little bit more solo, like, I, I there was a couple of tiny tweaks that I did that helped really sell that, you know, single player thing for me. For example, Lavar, when you have in the the stream right now, you have your quest uh, log up in the top right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was something that I actually shut off. Uh, another thing I shut off was obviously you know the the chat filters, and um, I actually tinkered around with the enemy glowing and stuff. And it, it's it, they sound like very very minor tweaks, but for somebody like me, it 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 really it made a very big impact on how I perceived the game. And it helped me get into that, you know, oh, okay, so yeah, you know, you, you just tweak a few things and it really does feel like a solo game. And maybe, I don't know, maybe if this person in the chat room has or has not done this, but that that's just some tips that I found helpful in my uh, sessions. Um, Dave, mm-hmm. maybe 98% was, was a little too much, I, but <laughs> 90, I would say 90. Um. Do you see what I mean when I say 90% of this game, I believe, is soloable? You go from 1 to 50, which I, I think the storyline, no matter what faction you're in, is fantastic. 
you go from one to 50, uh, doing solo quests, grouping up if you feel like it. And then you have the level 50 plus in the enemy faction territory. And then you have a, once you're done with that, you have the, the other enemy faction territory to go into as well. It, with the same character, mind you. Right. Same exact character. Same character. Yep. Then, Cyrodiil. Cyrodiil is being touted as as the PvP zone. I, I'm starting to see it differently. And, and call me crazy, and I know they're marketing it as the PvP zone because the PvP that you get into, the PvP game in that zone is just, it's amazing. But the content, most of the content in Cyrodiil is not PvP. That's just the interaction that the players have between each other. Most of the content that's waiting for you in that game, in in Cyrodiil, is PvE content. There's a ton of stuff to find, a ton of delves to get into. There's dungeons, there's quests. You don't we walked into a Daggerfall Covenant owned city today. And there was quests for us to do. We just picked them up and went to the quest location, fulfilled the requirements, came on back, turned it in, got rewards. I, I mean, it was it was fantastic. Um, we didn't have to be grouped to do that. There was no grouping requirement for, for any of that. It's smarter to be in a group in Cyrodiil, but it wasn't necessary. Um... So really, I mean, when you're talking about grouping content in this game, it's really more about are are you are you PvPing in a group? Um, are you in an instance, a four-person instance, and have you gotten into an adventure zone yet? Everything yeah, else, pretty much, can... those are the only times that you would have to ever. have to group up. Yeah, ever, and, and really, like in PvP, you don't even have to. You don't even have to group up in PvP. You could do it by yourself. I, I mean, you're not going to... I mean, you're not going to be laying sieges to a keep by yourself. Obviously, you're going to be part of a larger group, but you don't have to be involved. You don't have to be physically grouped up with those people. And if you're just running around Cyrodiil looking to, to get quests and go into Delves, you don't have to be in a group. And if you find a someone from the enemy faction, you could spar with them and, and fight them and down them just as easily as if you were in a group. So I really feel like 90% of this game is actually solvable. <laughs> uh, can I, uh, just from talking to other uh, players uh, like me, actually uh, surprised to find out that a few people at work, <laughs> they play ESO apparently. Um <laughs> Okay, but but uh, it's 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 interesting because I mean you point out and, and I was actually surprised because they they weren't you know MMO veterans they were actually uh, players you know similar to to my play style, which I thought was kind of surprising. But you you know you're saying that the uh, in, in uh, Cyrodiil there's a lot of the the PVE quests that you can do within Cyrodiil itself. And um, you know you might be right. You might you may not have to to group up to do those quests. You you probably can go into Cyrodiil into those PV, PVE quests and uh, do them completely solo. And I I don't doubt that that's true at all. But I think, and I, this is what we were talking about um, this afternoon, is that it's it's 
yes, we, we you know we know that we can do some of those quests solo if, if we so choose, and you know, like you said, not necessarily have to group up for those things. It might be easier, sure, but we don't have to. But I think it's 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 that knowledge that there are still like other humans like trying to kill you. That it's it's not like actively, but it's like something in the back of your head, kind of. That's that's that there is that thought in the back of your head that you know, cool, you can run around this land solo and do the, these quests in Cyrodiil, but you have to watch out, you know? And I, and I think it's, it's that thing in the back of your head that uh, makes it seem that it's probably not the friendliest place for the solo people, even if the truth is, yes, you can do it solo. So it's more like a, it's more like a, a, a psychological sort of like mental thing that we were talking about. I, I, Shank. Hard to explain it, but Shank. yeah. There's two things wrong with Cyrodiil. Okay. One, PvP. Two, that it was featured in the game Oblivion. Okay? (laughs) There are many reasons not to visit Cyrodiil, and me, as a PvE'er, I can't stand PvP. PvP's crap. In this game, it's not as bad as most other games, but that's like, come on. You're basically adding shine to a dog turd. It's still crap. <laughs> All right? Jeez. <laughs> it's horrible. That's me being polite about it. I can't stand... It, it's a waste of time. It's like, oh, look, instead of adding content, we're just going to have our allow players to smack each other for a little bit with no real gain whatsoever. Ooh, boy. Yeah, no, it's a waste of time. So, I honestly, I don't see a reason to even touch Cyrodiil unless I have a group of people basically holding my hand and us all going through together, clearing out real content, which we did today. We had a lot of fun clearing out PvE content in Cyrodiil, which there is PvE content in Cyrodiil. Would I ever go do it solo? No way in hell. But see, but that that's that's not my point. My my, my what we what we're, we were discussing like that is that yes, you can do that solo content, but there's still that thought that you're you know you're going to you might there is a chance you might run into people like if Arwen was saying like oh man you turn the corner and oh hey what's up you know yeah <laughs> and you guys get into a brawl so I think it's 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 that fact that uh, is is that doesn't make it seem like it is soloable, even though the truth is it might be. So it might that, be, but I, I would, I'm with you. I would never go there solo. Right. And that, that's, that's what we were talking about is like, you, you, there might be that solo content, but we still would, wouldn't go in there because it's, there's still that very real chance that somebody could kill you, you know? But that, that is the, uh, I don't know that that's the elder scrolls player in me. Uh, and I guess in two of my colleagues as well that we were talking about. I mean, you know how I feel about it. I, I agree with you, Dave. Uh, PvP is is not my thing. I, I don't like it, but, um, you know, I I love it in this game. <laughs> oh, God, my character died. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so uh, there was something else that, uh, that launched, and I really want to get into this, too. I, I think it's going to be very interesting to talk about this. Uh, but first, we want to mention our first sponsor for the evening, which is uh, audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork. And you can go ahead and download your free book today with that link. Now, if you like audiobooks, you really need to have audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork right there on your browser. You'll uh, sign up and get a free audiobook right now, right this second. 
a free 30-day trial over there. Of course, uh, there's so many books over there from so many different genres. What uh, what could you possibly get download first? What would be your first book? Well, as an Elder Scrolls fan, we always like to recommend The Infernal City and Lord of Souls. Uh, there's so many other books out there, of course. Sky's the limit with Audible Trial. AudibleTrial.com slash Network. Download your free book today and start enjoying <laughs> some uh, amazing audiobooks. All right. Well, uh, the Elder Scrolls Online launch cinematic was something that happened. Uh, many, many, many enjoyed it. Originally debuted on launch day, Friday, April 4th. All right, we're going to play it for you here so YouTube and Twitch uh, audience can enjoy it as well. Uh, now, there isn't any dialogue, so the podcast listeners, you can skip ahead about 5 minutes and 20 seconds uh, if you want to hear the background music. But uh, here it is, the uh, the launch trailer for, for Elder Scrolls Online. It's uh, It's big, it's epic, very interesting. And we're going to talk about it in just a minute. But first, here it is. And it bugged. (laughs) Vamp? Okay, so while you're fixing it, I think it's time, Varwin, Mm -hmm. for what we've been waiting for this entire episode. Oh, my. And what what, what might that be? Oh, y'all, let's go fishing! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, now, calm your britches, Mister Papa Brisket. There, what, 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 what do you, you want me to go fishing? Where, where, where do you uh, plan on going there fishing for? Are you, you going to catch some uh, carp or some uh, salmon there? I actually was fishing earlier. I caught minnow and longfin and bluefish. <laughs> <laughs> I love how I love how when when things bug out on my end that that all of a sudden we the 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 uh, discussion becomes about fishing. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course it does. <laughs> if we didn't have stuff to talk about, we'd be talking about fishing. All right, guys. I think I got it to work, so here we go. Oh, damn it.
There you have it, guys. The launch trailer for Elder Scrolls Online. Hmm. Shank. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right off the bat. I don't like it. I agree. I don't like it. Shank, talk talk to me. Tell me tell me why you don't like it. I don't like it because it doesn't seem to advance the story in any meaningful way. It, it seems like the, the, the trailer exists purely to kind of mark the launch of the, sh- of the game, not necessarily to say, hey, the game launched and check out this new development in our cinematic storyline. You know what I mean? It, it just seems like it was just to say the game launched here's something to you know to I guess mark that in stone it's it feels very disconnected honestly from the last three it's it sounds weird but it really is it feels like that because I the, the trailer right before this one it obviously you know there there was that epic battle with Molag ball and uh, you saw at the very end they were they were entering Cyrodiil and I just thought for this one the story would progress a little bit more in that vein and it just it didn't and it just i i i gotta i gotta say man i am i am disappointed i really am with the with the the content of this uh, cinematic right uh coming into coming into this particular cinematic uh what did we see before we we had uh the very beginning of that video we we had uh the three representatives of the alliance squaring off and then all of a sudden holy crap um you know the tables got turned when a dark anchor drops over their heads and and we had a, a lot of things going on where we were thinking that you know maybe that was Mana marco that that sort of uh shown himself now with this trailer we know that it wasn't uh we were wondering who who's really uh pushing that that particular battle in in that that previous video um, the the representative of the Daggerfall Covenant, or from what we think is, uh, he became uh, undead in a way, some some type of thrall of of Molag Bal of of uh, of Cold Harbor, and ran off. Uh, we had the representative of the Ebonheart Pact dig the representative of the, the Aldmeri Dominion out of the rubble and, and slung her over his shoulder um, seemingly in a way to, to sort of like, I don't know, group up with her or, or realize like, you know, okay, this this got this got much bigger than, than just us and and, uh, and you see them in front of a long shot of Cyrodiil in front of them kind of indicating like they're going in there together now with this, what are, what are we seeing? really just a whole lot of meaningless action there's a lot of action going on which the action's awesome by in and of itself like if this were just an action sequence that that furthered the quest line or the storyline i should say um and was part of like a, an animated movie i think it would be amazing but uh, i'm sorry yeah but but what we we didn't find anything else uh nothing nothing progressed that storyline and as a piece of sales and marketing, cinematics never work. They're cool, sure. They get a little hype going, yeah. They Very draw. Pretty. 
they're pretty. They're, they draw attention to the game. I don't even think it did that. I think I think a lot of people are used to the idea of Zoss releasing a cinematic when a big event is coming for Elder Scrolls Online. Um, I don't think it was a a huge leap to to say like here's launch day, here's a new cinematic. I think everyone. I don't think it it shocked anybody. I think we were excited to see what it was, but it didn't shock anyone that it was out. Um. So to draw attention to the game as a piece of marketing, I don't think it. I don't think it worked on that front either. And then to to show maybe on the front of introducing people to to things in the game, cinematics never work for that. We know what we're looking at is not something that you can do in game. There's there's not a single there's not a single sorceress out there or a battle mage out there that's going to be able to to take your green lightning. You don't even have green lightning spells in the game, and and rip down the walls of Syria. Oh, that would be cool. It would be cool. That would be, that would be kind of nifty. <laughs> it would be kind of nifty. <laughs> but you're not doing it. We know that. So, so to show us things that are in the game didn't work on that front, and they never do, and we know that. We weren't expecting that. To draw attention and hype to um, to the game, I don't necessarily think it did either, because when it comes to uh, when it comes to Zenimax and big announcements with the Elder Scrolls Online, this this cinematic thing has has uh, is par for the course and we know that uh and then of course there's the sheer entertainment value of that sure epic big interesting but uh lots of action of course but really did it progress the storyline which is why i think a lot of people were interested in how does all the how does all this fit into place or or how are these three characters going to now move into um into into the rest of the story is that guy from the Darkfall covenant going to die Etc. Etc. It didn't. It did nothing. It did nothing. All it did was cement the fact that that guy, that we have now seen Manamarco, we now know where he is, and there's a huge battle going on in in Cyrodiil. That's it. To uh, to your point, you said action, right? Tons of bombastic action. And if we remember the trailer before this one, what was in that? Tons of insane action, but. There was a very real thread tying the characters together along with the bigger threat overall. You know what I mean? It, it felt like this one had the action but was lacking the what made the action interesting from the previous one. Um, Lou. Okay, Dave, what, what are you doing? <laughs> the monkey respawned. I had to kill it. Which, oh, God. Leave, leave that poor monkey alone. <laughs> It's dead now. <laughs> oh, oh, great, uh, Lou. What 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 say you on on this? All right, for the game opening trailer, I'm with everyone else on, on certain, um, a couple of things. One, in you know, true to form, this cinematic was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, very well executed. It's CGI goodness. <laughs> okay. Mm. That definitely is up there among some of the best CGI trailers I've seen in a long time. However, as been pointed out, in their past trailers, Zoss has gone out of their way to hint, to tease, and to draw players and potential players into uh, the promise of what the storyline is offering, you know, what the game is offering within it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean the very first trailer ever released. What was it like? Not even 
a minute, a minute long, where you just saw the three faction leaders and you know just a little group behind mm-hmm. them, other faction, and that was it. Okay, and even then, it that was like wow, wow. You could tell they're getting their they're banding together to do something. Well, what is it? And then we have, uh, you know, the second trailer. Okay, and they're actually attacking. You know, one of the gates, one of the forts outlying, you know, Cyrodiil. Right. Okay. So we knew what was going on there. Right. Once we saw that cinematic, we saw, okay, they're trying to take over that fort from three different directions underneath, from the side, you know. Yeah, there was obviously a mounting battle that, that was, uh, and it made the, the small but ever present storyline. I, I would say at this point, um, watching since the last video, people are really interested and invested in these these three nameless characters, whom I don't think have spoken a single line. Right, and then to see the you know the the newest trailer, the the launch trailer, okay, unveil itself, and then you know as a pure action shot, as I believe you mentioned before, a couple of you have mentioned before, mm-hmm. it's perfect. Okay. However, I think this would have been better as a part of a larger and longer cinematic. Yeah. In terms of they use this, like maybe they would cut to they would cut this up or edit it to where you go to different pieces within this combat sequence to drop in. Okay, what is the Breton doing? Okay. Yeah. You know what is the Nord doing? And then obviously you know what is the High Elf doing? Okay, and they cut back you know back and forth between the actual fighting. In there, okay? Yeah. Um, because, again, this is all about the action, but nothing nothing was shown, okay? You don't see anything. Like, so what are these characters doing? All right, yeah, we see the Nord. You know, now we know what he did with the High Elf, okay? He used her as a, as a way to breach the wall, okay, of the city, which is awesome, by the way. <laughs> um, and <laughs> that, that really scares you, the fact that the High Elf, she has that much power to begin with. Okay, that can be tapped into and used like that. Um, again, it did nothing to make you feel for these characters, okay? To want to attach yourself to these characters, All right, which I think has happened in the first two trailers. Yeah, the we I, I think everyone was, was really interested in, after the events of the former trailer, seeing this one and saying, oh, we're going to get a little extra, like we're going to see that, that move forward. And all it was was just a bash fest. And just a whole bunch of just really cool CGI effects, but I mean, really, like like I said, the only the only bits you know out of this. Mm-hmm, go ahead. You you know what it was? It was it was uh, Star Wars Episode Three. I don't mean the old school where they started at four, moved forward to six, and then restarted it from. I'm talking about when they restarted. You know the the ones that are ninety eight point three percent CGI. That Star Wars Episode Three that basically just tied in the the new ones to the old ones, mm-hmm. like we all knew it was going to happen. This is like, yeah, it's a lot of really nice CGI. Congratulations! But you got you got that feeling like there was all this action but no substance. Yeah, and it's only there to tie in one storyline to the other. It was just very superficial, and I, I feel yeah. like if they just had maybe thirty more seconds, where you know the the um, the Ebonheart Pack guy and the Daggerfall Pack, uh, the Daggerfall Covenant guy. 
you know when they're about to square off right there? Mm-hmm. If there was some story element that happened right there where they're about to square off and then something interrupts that fight and they have to turn around and now fight that that thing that interrupts their fight. Or they fight and the Daggerfall Covenant finally uh, guy finally dies. Um, or one of them finally dies. Okay? That would be a cl- major cliffhanger for the next one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or... I mean, even maybe like now, I could definitely see like the next the next trailer, like just Mana Marco just shows up. It's like, what's going on? And like these guys turn yeah. around, they're like, okay. I could I could see Mana Marco showing up and them having to all fight him together. I get that this may have just been bridging the gap to something bigger. Yeah. But in all honesty, if they intended this to be the final movie, let's oh. just say hypothetically, this is the final movie. Yeah. They honestly should have left it off at the last one. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now we know we've got more announcements coming from Zenimax, which I think will probably be the le- if they do a final trailer, it'll probably be during that, and that is the announcement of um, uh oh, consoles. Guides, yeah, I was just about to say console release. Nope. I guarantee, like they, they might. Yeah. I, I wouldn't put it past them to do something big and announce that. It's there. Really, they could stretch it out to two. They could do the announcement of of the console release date, and then on the actual release date of the console, having mm. having the final the final hoorah. Or they could they could stretch mm-hmm. this thing out, where you know they end off this particular story between the three of them, and then have like a have them crop up again for for the expansion. However long you know, a year and a half, two years from now, right. Now, Lou, did you did you finish all your uh, did you finish your thought? I I, th- I think maybe we sort of interrupted you. Yeah, I, I was just going to add that um, uh, I'm with you on that part. If they had just at that moment when the Nord and Breton finally meet, okay, mm-hmm. all right. To me, that was also impactful. But the fact that that Nord scares me the most because nothing <laughs> stops that guy, and he never <laughs> runs. I know he never runs. He's just like that psycho killer in the really B really bad B horror movies just just won't die but no matter how fast you run no matter if you're in a Ferrari Testarossa going 120 miles down the road the killer is going to catch up to you anyway <laughs> okay he's that kind of scary yeah alright like he Jason he took on that humongous flesh at your knock you know he had tons of rubble fall on him <laughs> okay yeah. he took arrows from that Breton and he's still moving and he's like what what's up <laughs> alright Exactly. I mean, if they had just added just a few more seconds of interaction between the two of them, and then maybe cut back to to show you what the high elf was doing. Because obviously, we know that. Well, we infer from that that uh, green lightning storm that happened on the ground that you fried those Argonian and probably those that other mage. Yeah. You know that had uh, forced her to unleash her magic on the wall. Like, yeah, you know they're toast. But you know what happened to her. Okay. Obviously, it would have been nice to see her. At, you know, if, if maybe it would have been a great way to cut into maybe a couple of high elf, or maybe even perfect, even better, Bosman Nightblades popping out of stealth, saying, "Oh my God, we found you! Come with us. We'll get you to safety." Yeah. You know, and bringing her to a group of you know now is a mirror domain army behind the hills. Oh Ready yeah, to jump behind you know the Eberhard Pack guys. That, yeah, see, see, so something like that would have been would have been great. Just a little something that that sort of just pushes the characters out of their their current their current state. 
All right, guys. Well, um, on to our next uh, sponsor for the show, and and that is that is the Quest Gaming Network, guys. Everyone here works very, very hard to to bring all of our shows together, and we want to thank uh, the entire Quest Gaming Network, of course, for for sponsoring Elder Scrolls Off the Record through your support and your hard work. Uh, let's see. Now we've got different shows here for the Quest Gaming Network. Of course, um, we'll start with we'll start with Rift. Rift Off the Record. Okay, you should definitely check this show out if you're a big Rift fan, and you should be because it's a great game. That records live Sundays at 7 p.m. You can follow them on their Twitter account, which is at RiftOTR. Uh, of course, Swotor Reforged. That's on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, and you can follow them at Swotor Reforged. That's S W T O R R E F O R G E D on Twitter. Uh, right after that, on Monday is Totally Heroes which is the general gaming news podcast you need to listen to because you've got, you've got Dave on there, which is hysterical shank. Who's kind of like a really techie guy (laughs) (laughs) and the Jason Statham of Lord of the Rings, Brian Armstrong, all weighing in on gaming. What's happened in that week during for gaming, of course. Uh, then, uh, then we've got ourselves right here. Elder Scrolls off the record. And, of course, Classic Elder Scrolls Night, Fridays at 9 p.m., and Community Game Night, which is Saturdays at 9 p.m. Eastern. The the uh, community guys here at, at QGN, we've got a great bunch. 9 p.m. Eastern, we all get together. We do a game stream. We hang out. We have fun. We joke. We laugh. Uh, if you want to join our, our, uh, our community, you've got lots of different ways you can do it. Uh, one of the best ways is through our forums, questgamingcommunity.com. We have a Facebook as, as well, facebook.com slash questgamingnetwork, and a Google Plus account, google.com slash plus sign questgamingnetwork. And uh, there's many different ways that you can you can help support us as well, and we'll get to that later on in the show. But uh, thanks to all of the efforts here of, of the people of, of Quest Gaming Network who, who sponsor this show in part through their hard work, dedication, and their support. Thank you very much, guys. Okay. Um, patch notes. This is something we're going to be doing now for Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Uh, patch notes, version 102, Monday, April 7th, was the first patch launch since launch dropped and fixed many different issues with bugged quests, though not all are solved, obviously. We, we spoke on that earlier in the show. Uh, here are some things that, that stuck out that we think you would like to know. Uh, Shank, would you mind going through this, please? Sure. So here is an overview of uh, some highlights, I should say, of uh, the the patch notes. For crafting an economy, hireling goodie bags are no longer tradable. Yay! (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. That that genuinely makes me happy. Um, Dark anchors. Fixed an issue where the anchor could become stuck when a large group engages it. Also, dark anchors are now properly reset back to their correct state when nobody is around. Uh, We had a few miscellaneous fixes. Uh, One general fix uh, fixed an issue where guild members with deposit-only permissions could not deposit into the guild bank. And specific to Auradon, this is in the Aldmeri Dominion. uh, No, what? Frog racing has been outlawed. And the quest is currently disabled. No! Race Ergo- <laughs> Dude, 
Dude, no. No. Race organizers vow to petition the queen for their return. And along with this, wishing wells have been removed from Skywatch. Can I can I comment on this real quick? Oh, please go right on ahead. <laughs> what the balls with the frog racing? <laughs> this was something. Okay, in the beta, I I must have entered that damn race like a hundred times. The one time I was actually successful in the, the you know initiating the quest. My my frog totally lost because I overfed him and he was just like really wicked slow and like wicked fat and like all the other frogs made fun of him. <laughs> so he was just like <laughs> lagging behind everybody. He all lost. The frogs made fun. Of <laughs> <laughs> so he it. was just like chilling, dude. I oh it's man, not, I love they're doing it right now. They're doing it right now. It's not. It's not. It's not illegal. We, we've got a racket going on here with the. Wait, why are you, why are you fog frog racing? You're not supposed to. Let, call the guard. Someone call oh the guard God, over look here. Look at this. They're doing the fro- frog racing. They're racing frogs over here. Hold on. Get the queen. They're racing frogs. Oh, it's okay, guys. I've got Kate Beckinsale on now. Speed down. Okay, Let's very check. good. Good. Yeah, I'm sure she'll come down and take care of this highly illegal, highly <laughs> summonsable offense of frog racing. Fine. Shame on you. Shame on you. Um, racing frogs. Let's go downstairs to our tavern and drink our faces off. Yeah. The. W- I, I, on a slightly serious note, though, the crafting and economy hireling goodie bags are no longer tradable. I, that makes me, that genuinely does make me happy. Um, I, because I feel like you know your hireling. It's first of all, it's it's a, a passive perk in your uh, in your in your crafting skill trees. Um, I I definitely recommend getting it if you don't have it. Um, but I feel like you know crafting they. They do such a good job at this game, like driving home the point that, you know, crafting is very personal. You can stand out and stuff like that. You know, it's a very, very personal, unique thing to to each player. And and I think the fact that, you know, you can't trade the items in your goodie bags, I kind of I kind of like that. I kind of to, to, to somebody like me, it just kind of drives home that point of it is your unique hireling, your gear, your unique stuff. It's, it's you know, I don't know. It, it sounds weird, but to me, for somebody like me, that, that really does mean a lot. Yeah, well, it, it, it can be... Um... I don't remember us asking your opinion. Okay, well, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet, Dave, and pour me a drink. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh we're sitting at the uh, the bar over here just uh having a having a little sip um yeah that that's basically what what you need to know regarding the notes um but yeah that that uh there's a spe- there's a point that you can you can spend a skill point on a skill that allows your allows a hireling to deliver you a bag of goodies for your profession um, if this is the kind of thing that you're able to trade, it can be uh, a huge exploit for the game. So I'm glad they removed it as well because I didn't even know that stupid thing was tradable. And um, you know, you want to you want to make sure that you make those rewards obtainable in game through through playing the game, not necessarily um, flooding the market with too many of them because you would get these this bag of stuff uh, every day, and it's nice the, the stuff that's in there is nice and you don't want to you don't want to exploit it um okay so then eso by the numbers moving away from the 
the patch notes. We've got ESO by the numbers, and there's an infographic here that that dropped uh, April third. Zenmax released uh, this this uh, infographic on Twitter detailing some fun facts about Elder Scrolls Online and the development of the game. Now we meant to get into this uh, last episode, but unfortunately we did not because there's so many epic bit things. Too busy being awesome. Pretty much, yeah. It's <laughs> basically what that boils down to. Um, let's see now, now Lou, I know for, uh, you probably got booted out of the game, right? Yes, I did. I didn't realize that, you know, I got booted of being AFK. I should have been moving around for a little bit of my character. <laughs> do you have the, uh, do you have the notes up in front of you? Do you want to go through the, the infographic or, or no? I will in a second. I'm in the middle of logging in. Okay. It's like I had a beautiful splash screen of Oridon in front of uh-huh, me. Very nice. Well, uh, we'll we'll get into this. Um, so, starting from the top, over five million people registered for this for the beta. And they say that's the equivalent to the population of Norway, or twice the amount of Big Macs eaten daily around the world. <laughs> <laughs> Oof! I, I don't know which is scary. The fact that the beta. Had a bigger population in a, than the country, <laughs> or the sheer amount of Big Macs eaten around the world. Yeah, exactly. Two point five million Big Macs. Hand. What's that, Dave? I can count on one hand the amount of Big Macs I've eaten in my life today. My life. Yeah, how many? It, less than one hand worth. <laughs> so sad. I can't. I can't imagine. What's wrong with you people? I can't imagine people even eating that. It's just two and a half million are consumed every day around the world. That's more surprising than how many people registered for beta. Um, here's something else. The weirdest offer for a beta invite was a firstborn child and a left arm. I don't see how that's weird at all. I, I absolutely have been willing to trade limbs for many years. Not my own, of course. Come on. And firstborn children, they're a dime a dozen. Yeah, I mean, I, I've that's how I got mine. I, I offered a trade up, Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And lo and behold, I got an invite. Wow, there you go. You're not supposed to tell people that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now you know, Internet. How many character variations can players make? So many Four. that we don't have we don't have room to show you the full number. 5.0952 times 10 to the 58th power. So that's... Larger than Avogadro's number, yes. Larger than what? Avogadro's number, 6.02 times 10 to the 23rd. Third power. I'm a nerd, okay. sorry. That, that's, this is a huge amount. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that one of those numbers where if you actually attempted to write it, it would take you the, your, more than your lifetime to, to write the zeros on pieces of paper? I, I don't think so. Okay, no. An avocado's number <laughs> is how many times an avocado can spin if you like put your fingers on one end on either end and spin it really fast. Let's just let's just kick Dave. <laughs> sixty-one. There's there's sixty-one million items in the game, equivalent to the population of the UK mainland. 
that surprise. I did not know like this coupled with the the player variations. These were the two numbers that floored me. Huh? Forty million. There were only two people who lived in UK. Like I thought it was just Maury and Vegna. Like just those two guys throwing rocks (laughs) at each other and fighting over Europe. Forty million six hundred fifty-six thousand different weapons variations are in the game. Ten thousand two hundred and two non-player characters are in the game. It, w- <laughs> it, w- it would take an average person fifteen years to meet that many people, or or one time of going to the ESOTR Twitter page. Woot. What? Okay. What? What? What now? Right. What right? Now? Okay. We're balling. Oh, 11K and counting, by the way. Twitter followers on Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Yeah. That That's... means that we have more. We have more. We, we have, have more, more NPCs we... than ESO. <laughs> 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 we have more Twitter followers than our NPCs in Elder Scrolls Online. That's, that's, uh, I, I like that. That's, that's very good, guys. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, 2,235 books are in the game. There's 480,000 words. It would take 32 hours to read them all. I'm a really slow reader. I think it'd take more than that. You would need to kill... This is the real number right here. Right? 119,050 mud crabs to reach level 50. In case you were wondering... 119,050 mud crabs to reach we level 50. You, guys. you know they did that? They did that for, right, so we had to kill 119,050 boys to reach level 50. Dude, mud crabs are worth two experience points apiece. You know how many we'd have to kill to reach level 50? It's approximately. And you're 19,050. 119,050. So what do we do now? Oh, now that we've completed it, we play the game. Finally play the game. <laughs> 8.13 miles of cable in the Zenimax Online Studios International Circle building. The equivalent of 40 Eiffel Towers, 143 soccer pitches. Since May 2011... Zenimax online team drank 162,784 cups of coffee. That's the equivalent to 5,087 pounds of coffee beans and 272 bathtubs. Or the weight of five Do polar bears. Do they really have bathtubs of coffee? Uh, like, prob- is that really a unit of measurement? Bathtubs of coffee? <laughs> bathtubs of coffee. Probably yeah, somewhere... Like- you, yeah, like in Seattle. There's some really jittery guy <laughs> who read this and got really excited. <laughs> I think some of those cups of coffee may have inspired this infographic. Uh, that's also the weight of five polar bears or 360 spider monkeys. Wow. <laughs> you, know, you know what's the scariest number about this, though? They say since May 2011 for that coffee statistic. We know this game's been in development for like five years. Mm-hmm. Just imagine all like the the other like what 
two, three years of coffee that they didn't count. I mean, good lord. It's actually it's been seven. Seven years. Seven there we years. go. Yeah. Dave, do you want to do your guild corner now, or do you want to wait? Uh, sure. Let me let me let me hop down and grab it. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, guild corner. Ready? Do I get an introduction? Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, treat yourself. Huddle around the fire here. Dave's Guild Corner is about to begin. Dave's Guild Corner is about to begin. Elder Scrolls off the record in right. Elder Scrolls yep. Online. Yay. All Dancing of our girls. community. Come and okay. check it out. Dave's Guild Corner. Okay. Someone whip out a loot. Do, 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 do. Dave's okay. Guild Corner. Do, do. Can, can, we, can we not do that anymore? Well, that wasn't good. Okay. I, I can go out one. Yeah, go, go sit down. Shank, sit down. it's your turn. Ready? <laughs> and Dave's no! Guild Corner is about to begin. Let's sit down. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> All right, guys. First things first, I just want to say launch was great, and we've really assembled a wonderful community. Thank you all for being part of the ESOTR Guild. Everyone, no matter what, how long you've been in, what you do in it, it thank you so much for being part of it. Our community really is, is amazing, by and far. We, we've had a really great uh, amount of people trying to join the guild. We've already started filling up our second guild, RK. We've even already gotten the uh, guild store for e- ESOTR RK. Uh, real quick, we do have four guilds that we've already created and are ready to be used. Those are ESOTR Akatosh, RK, Debella, and Meridia. So we do have four guilds ready to be used and ready to be filled. Just an info statement here. We have implemented a guild cap at 400, even though there is a a cap in-game of 500, we put in a cap of 400, but that extra 100 is for Wiggle Room. So if you have a friend or a family member who wants to be in the guild with you, feel free to message a moderator and they can bring in that family member. If you do not have someone in that guild, please be kind and go ahead and join the next guild down the line. For right now, that's RK, but don't worry, that'll soon fill up as well, and then we'll move right into Debella. This weekend, uh, special news, we are holding our first official moderator meeting this weekend to discuss the, the first two weeks of launch and how they've already went. Uh, we are going to be putting in some plans to help fix a few quality of life issues for our members. So expect big guild news next week. Next week's ESOTR is just going to be ESOTR guild news. Just like the whole show is guild news. Uh, yeah, I don't know about all that, but okay. Uh, we've already agreed to it. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing, huh? Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have? Okay, I'm going to just nod and move on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that... Yeah. Uh, remember, if you want to look up our guild news, go to elderscrollsofftherecord.com and click the guild blog at the very top. That's the quick and easy way to get your digested dose of the ESOTR guild news. Remember, we also are on the forums... On the same page, elderscrollsofftherecord.com, on the forums, you can see all of our news and meet all of our friends from the guild in detail right there. 
Okay. Well, we've got more to go through uh, on the show, guys. So, so strap in. Uh, we're we're about to get hot and heavy with Lou. Library Bookstore. This is Scott. How may I help you? Yes, you have an Elder Scroll. Hello, and what can I do for you? You have an Elder Scroll. An Elder Scroll? Yes, I'd very much like to have those scrolls. Oh my! Lou! Center stage, man. Come on, come on out. Come on over here. Get from, get out from uh, behind the uh, the bar there. Well, my character kind of stuck there now. (laughs) 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 I'd like to, but I can't move. So, and I want to hit stuck. Oh well. (laughs) All right then. I might die. (laughs) No, actually, I will die. (laughs) Right now, I'm so poor in this character. I don't think I can put the repair costs. (laughs) Oh. No. I'm joking. Um, (laughs) This week's Elder Scroll. Well. Two of the biggest topics talked about in the Hell of Scrolls Online has been what? Vampirism and werewolves. So, I know I've covered vampires a lot in the past, um, especially on the different tribes and so forth. So I think at this time I would just delve into a little bit into the other side. So, here we go, lycanthropy. So you want to be a were-what? So what is it? Lycanthropy, it's a supernatural condition that causes a person to periodically transform into a were-creature, which is an unnatural crossing between beast and man or mare. Originally created by the Daedric Prince Hercene, it's been called a disease, a curse, or a blessing. Lycanthropy is contagious and not select about who it afflicts. Most mortal races are susceptible to it. There are several known strains of this condition, most of which are specific to certain regions of Tamriel. However, the most common strain, which causes the afflicted to turn to werewolves, is known to occur across the whole of the continent. Strictly speaking, the word lycanthrope originally referred only to this strain, but it has long been used to refer to anyone who undergoes a similar beast transformation. As mentioned earlier, lycanthropy was originally created by Hercene, bestows it as a blessing upon devotees and great hunters. Followers of Hercene can also ritually bestow this blessing upon others, and can even replace vampirism with lycanthropy. However, as mentioned before, again, lycanthropy is a contagious condition. Close contact with a were creature can transmit a special disease, which progresses to full blown lycanthropy within a few days if untreated. For instance, Sanus lupinus can be contracted from werewolves and over time will convert the afflicted into a werewolf. Sanus lupinus is contracted from lyc- lycanthropes and causes drowsiness. However, after a three day incubation period, the victim will become a lycanthrope the type of which depends upon the creature that caused the infection. The disease can easily be cured within three days, but lycanthropy can only be cured by a ritual. Drinking a were-creature's blood is a much more potent means of transmission. 
it immediately converts the drinker into a lycanthrope. The first transformation occurs within moments and is usually intense. Finally, there are a few rare families in which lycanthropy is a hereditary condition. It can remain dormant for generations, only to spontaneously reassert itself in later descendants. The most important and obvious effect of lycanthropy is the beast transformation itself. While in beast form, the lycanthrope has increased strength, speed, resilience, and stamina, as well as enchanted claws that can harm creatures that are immune to conventional weaponry. Where creatures are affected mentally as well, experiencing intense bloodlust and extreme cases amnesia. Where creatures are commonly believed to have an aversion to specific herbs. Candice root is believed to ward off werebears, while wolfsbane and belladonna are both known to be poisonous to werewolves and are used as components of remedies for the disease. The circumstances of the transformation seem to vary wildly between individuals, or perhaps between strains of lycanthropy. Alright, some lycanthropes can transform monthly or even nightly. Others seem to be able to choose the times of their transformations, even able to give up transformation entirely. The strength of the bloodlust also varies, with some individuals experiencing an uncontrollable desire to kill, and others able to endure transformations without completely losing control. The werewolf members of the circle seem to have a high degree of control over both the timing of the transformations and their behavior while in beast form, excepting the first strongest transformation. A few effects of lycanthropy are present outside of transformation. Lycanthropes are immune to all diseases and experience fitful sleep. They also may retain subtle physical traits outside of beast form, such as smells or small patches of fur. Lycanthropy has spiritual effects that persist after death. Lycanthropes go to her scene's hunting grounds after death, regardless of the afterlife they would otherwise have received. Curing the Condition It is well known that lycanthropy can be prevented by curing the disease that causes it, which must be done before the subject's first transformation. After this point, it becomes extremely difficult to procure a cure. The witches of the Glamoral Weird are the only beings known to possess cures of a conventional nature, potions and scrolls that are relatively free of side effects. Unfortunately, they seem to guard their secrets closely and did not openly offer these cures. Other cures require the lycanthrope to find a way to exercise their inner beast. These methods include 1. Transmitting the condition to someone who already has dormant hereditary lycanthropy. Infecting such a person will cause the condition to be completely transferred, curing the original lycanthrope. 2. Undergoing a ritual performed by the glamoral witches. The witches sacrifice an innocent, infect the victim's flesh with the client's lycanthropy, and resurrect the sacrifice. The original lycanthrope must then kill the victim a second time, which also which will also permanently destroy their inner beast. And three, using the magic from the head of a glamoral witch to summon one's inner beast as a spirit, then destroying that spirit. Finally, Lycanthropy can be supplanted by vampirism. Under normal circumstances, this is impossible because lycanthropes are immune to disease. However, 
A pure-blooded vampire can convert a lycanthrope into a vampire lord, instantly replacing Hercene's gift with that of Moloch Ball. Now, there are also different types of were-creatures. So I'm going to give a quick breakdown of what they are and where they've been seen. For example, uh, were-bears. Bear, bear. Um, and these creatures have been spotted in Skyrim, Northern Cyrodiil, Northern High Rock, Northern Morrowind, maybe even in Solstheim. A werebor. Seeing claims have been spotted in Hammerfell and High Rock. Were crocodiles. Rumors have spotted them in Black Marsh and Southern Morrowind. Although they have been known to lurk in isolated swamps. Now, a were daedrone. <laughs> or daedroth. No real place where it's been seen. Rumor has it that only one was ever created by Hercene for a battle with Sheogorath. For reference, they point to see the 16 Accords of Madness, Volume 6. Were lions. They've been claimed to have been spotted in elsewhere, Black Marsh, and Cyrodiil. Were sharks. They may exist. It's unknown. Seriously? Yes. Probably within the, within the sea. Where else would they be? Now, no primary source sightings have been known to be reputable. So it's been likened that these are probably created by folklore or just a myth. Were vultures. Seriously? Claimed to have been seen in Valenwood. And of course, the werewolf. All heirs of Tamriel have claimed to see werewolves. And this is the most common form of lycanthrope seen throughout the land. Now, they do mention something about totems. And what are totems? The totems of her scene are said to date from prehistoric times. Before even speech was invented. Each one will grant a special power to any lycanthrope who possesses and reveres the item. And there are three known totems. A carved wolf skull, which will enhance the lycanthrope's power to inspire terror. Uh, the carved thigh bone of an unknown animal, which enhances the lycanthrope's senses. And the last, a simple drum, which gives the lycanthrope the ability to call allies. And our last note here, upon death, as mentioned before, lycanthropes will be going to Hercene's hunting grounds to hunt with them for all eternity. The hunting grounds are considered by some lycanthropes to be an ideal afterlife, but others feel that this denies them a true paradise. The realm is made up mostly of dense woodland and vast grasslands and plains, as well as blood-red tributaries. Mortals entering these realms are typically hunted down by the inhabitants. During the day, werebears hunt the inhabitants, and at night, Hercene announces himself with a pack of werewolves. And this concludes our short little introduction to lycanthropy. Hope you all enjoyed it. And I would like to say thank you to the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, the Elder Scrolls Wiki, and the Imperial Library for being such great repositories of the Elder Scrolls lore. Folks, if you enjoy the lore of the Elder Scrolls universe as much as I do, please visit these sites. Go take a look for yourself. Catch up and just get lost and revel in the great universe that Bethesda and Zoss have given us. Uh, this week in Tamriella Holidays includes... Periites Summoning Day, 
Rain's Hand the Ninth. Uh, which, again, was was uh, information given to us uh, from the website, the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, which uh, I believe they are now on Twitter. Um, as Elder Scrolls fans, you need to give them a follow if you're on Twitter, that you can find them at UESP underscore net. That's at UESP underscore net. It's the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages. One of the uh, longest standing fan sites, if you want to call them that at this point. They are absolutely a uh, repository of Elder Scrolls knowledge. Um, Okay, and uh, of course... Tweaked Audio has sponsored our show in part today. Uh, give them, uh, give them, and check them out, guys. Uh, for quality earbuds, free worldwide shipping, fantastic customer service. All right, they also offer a lifetime warranty. All, all reasons why you should you should buy headphones from TweakedAudio.com. Here's here's the best reason. All right, hands down, their quality, their their product is fantastic. It's a great set of earbuds. Uh, you can spend three times the amount somewhere else. And there's things about tweaked audio earbuds that you're going to get that you won't spend. If you spend hundreds of dollars on beats audio and that's their lifetime warranty or their free worldwide shipping. You're not going to get that, but you, what you are going to get is audio quality. That's just as good guaranteed. They start at $24. Well, they started they really, they started like, We'll call it twenty dollars because they've they've got some that are a little less than that, but about twenty dollars, and they go uh, they go up to about thirty nine, forty dollars uh, for their earbuds, offering many different types of styles, um, colors, of course, and inline microphones as well. Uh, you can plug these things into your your smartphone, and as you're driving, you can uh, safely have a have a phone call with your earbuds. Uh, the, the clarity is fantastic on the microphone so they can hear you very, very well. And you can hear them perfectly because they have, um, noise cancellation inside the earbuds as well. It's a great product guys. Off the record is the code that you need in order to save yourself 30% off as well. So there really isn't a reason to not get your earbuds from Tweaked Audio. TweakedAudio.com, off the record, is your code to get 30% off, free worldwide shipping, great customer service, and a lifetime warranty. All at TweakedAudio.com. Time for the mail. And here you go. I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. <laughs> This first email comes from Jack A, who says, Dear ESOTR, it's Jack A. I've heard complaints from multiple sources, such as Force Strategy Gaming, that the leveling 1 to 50 content is too easy. I can't, spe- <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak to this. I haven't played the game as of yet. But I was wondering your opinions on the matter. Is ESO too easy? And if it is, does it get harder when you reach veteran rank? Thanks, Jack A. Uh, Jack, uh, no one here has a 50. Some, some of us in the guild has, have a 50 already. Dave, how many people do we have in our guilds in total so far? I think we have like three fifties out of how many in our guild total? Uh, 600, 500. So I know there's a lot of people hitting 50. Um, 
You are going to get those concept locusts. <laughs> uh, so what I am going to say is, you know, Force, I don't think he's got a 50. I, would, I wouldn't know if he did or didn't. If he does, good on hey, him. It's not that hard to copy and paste a thing from a forum. I mean, if you're not, if you don't have to put the time and effort to think about your build, I'm sure it goes really quickly. Sure. You know, hey. Um, I'm challenged. I've been playing MMOs for a long time. If you watch my streams, you can tell I'm challenged. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's too easy. Maybe some some expert gamers out there uh, would consider the game too easy. But then again, I don't know if they'd ever find a game that's too hard. So I guess you sort of have to fit your uh, fit yourself into that continuum somewhere. Uh, if if Force is one of those people out there that that thinks the game is too easy, well, good on him. I'm sure he can earn extra money uh, getting into some 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 entry level gaming contests and, and earn a million dollars beating people in other easy games as well. Uh, Dave, on to our next email. Okie doke. Next email comes from Martin A. Says, hey guys, I've been an avid listener from episode one. You're my favorite podcast. I laughed so hard during a Varwin's monkey in a mailbox. <laughs> Where you gonna get your monkey? Where's your monkey? It's in your mailbox. It's in your mailbox. It's in your mailbox. Okay. I, you don't believe me? Okay. Hold on. Wait. Hold on. Wait. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Okay. What? No. No. You gotta check it, it out. I almost crashed. No. no. There's. I'm in my mailbox. And where's my monkey? It's in my mailbox. You're monkey in my mailbox. Oh my god. What? It says <laughs> I, I laughed so hard during the Varwin's monkey in the mailbox. I almost crashed my car. Which, by the way, is is our actually a real concern that keeps us up at night. Um. Do you think ESO will feature in-game lore-friendly holidays or stick to traditional holidays like most MMOs? God. <sighs> oh, man. They could do that. You know what would be great is if they had in your interface, they've already got like an awesome map, right? I love this map. This is the map that I have been whining and complaining about during the development of this game. Can you please have a map that looks like a scroll? And I got it. It's so awesome. I think it would be really cool if they incorporated the the Tamrielic holidays in your user interface. And it wouldn't be a hard thing to do either. Just right here in the map, all you could do is just add in a little footnote here. You know what what the what the day is. You know, Morndas, Rain's Hand the Fifth, and then underneath it, you know, if it happens to be a Tamrielic holiday, put it right there. I think that'd be a very interesting thing, and then maybe throughout the course of the game, just start just start adding in certain things that that um, uh, happen during those days. Some days, when you have like a summoning day, sometimes there's temples that that give discounts to potions. Maybe and sometimes vendors have have um, discounts on potions during <laughs> during, uh, during these days. Uh-huh. So, you know, you could you could have that. What do you guys think? Um, Martin, great idea. Um, and I like Barron's idea. You know, put it on the map somewhere. You know, uh, give us an in-game clock, so to speak. That gives us maybe not even our real, our, our, our of course, our real-life time. Plus game time. And you could, yes. attach to that, you could attach to that the actual game time that it is in the game. All right? The day of the week. 
all right? And the month, heck, even the year, <laughs> the year of the game, the, the current game year you're in. And, you know, as a side note, again, uh, there's a holiday, it'll pop up somewhere as a footnote, okay? Like, you maybe see a little symbol on your map, you're in that region, like you pan out to the world map, you'll see, like, little symbols. You're like, oh, what's this? Oh, look, in, in this region, at Daggerfall Covenant, there are a couple of holidays going on. Okay, just like the interactive map they showed us a while ago. Remember that in the development of the game? Very, very, they showed, okay, this is what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay? Have something like that. And, you know, Martin, there are plenty of holidays already in the lore. Uh, we don't need traditional holidays, real-world tra- real holidays in the game. Okay? There's plenty already in the game itself. All right? We don't need to see Christmas in Tamriel. We don't need to see something like Halloween, per se, in, in in Tamriel, because we have a ton of uh, racial holidays already that have been celebrated in, in the lore for the past 20 years. Okay, I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, who doesn't like, well, like the holiday stuff that we saw for Swartor, you know, the Christmas. Oh, no, let's not even. <laughs> the, 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 holiday, the holiday Christmas speeder, right? The holiday God. speeder, okay? Um, or, you know, uh, the Thanksgiving feast. It's Saturnalia. Yeah, or, you know, or, or <laughs> the Halloween feast that we see in World of Warcraft, okay? The way they celebrate it. You know, we don't need those holidays because, quite frankly, we have enough already. Let's build on that. Mm. Um, I, I, there's, there's plenty of, of uh, holidays in Tamriel that sort of mirror, to a degree, real-life holidays, especially the major ones, like, like, Saturalia is kind of like the Tamriel at Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of things. Christmas? They 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 could. I, I really hope when it comes time to start putting in some of these holidays that they really look to the the Elder Scrolls pages and they really go in there and, and come up with some really awesome non-lore-breaking Elder Scrolls holidays to uh, have events for because there's so many. Uh, Shank, the next email, please, sir. Sure. So, uh, the next email says, It has been eight days, and I know what I love the most about Elder Scrolls Online and what I hate about Elder Scrolls Online. I love Mega Server. Over the last few days, my friends have been slowly joining the ESO community. With a text message and their user ID, I can part. I can be partied up with them in seconds. This is such a major contrast from MMOs of the past. The pain of you or your friend paying to change servers after everyone has created characters is gone. Super job, Zenimax. Great not going for the cash grab and supporting a strong and always populated community. I hate the bank. The system of slots or spaces goes against the very style and systems of the previous Elder Scrolls games, Oblivion and Skyrim, and Fallout, Fallout 3 and New Vegas. I know I'm not the only hoarder in the ESOTR community. I had a system of storage for all my junk, treasure. <laughs> the system in place kills me inside every, every time I have to visit a vendor that I don't really want to go to and sell off. I will not quit playing because of this, but such a small thing like personal space for my items will really bug me. I listen to every show and love it. Keep up the great work. Uh, can I go first on this? Please, absolutely. Uh, mega server. Um, I, I have to admit it, it's a 
pretty sweet idea. Um, I kind of it, it's. I, I'm not gonna lie. I think technically it's 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 pretty neat. It's pretty neat. <laughs> so I agree with you there. The the bank, you know, the system of slots and spaces. I I'm a hundred percent with you, man. Um, completely within. Do we know who uh, wrote this one? I don't think we do. No name. Okay, Kenneth. Uh, whoever wrote this name. <laughs> Um, I I, am a, I agree with you, man. I I really I really don't like the the inventory system in, in the game from the, uh, the 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 extended beta that I played a lot. It, I I personally felt like I just never had enough uh, never had enough space because I'm like you. I I pick up everything that looks cool, and um, I, I never really had a problem of inventory management in Oblivion and Skyrim, but. Yeah, I felt like I did with ESO just because, I mean, just my play style of just picking up stuff and, you know, not necessarily picking up more stuff than Oblivion and Skyrim, just, you know, playing normally. So I, I, I agree with you. I, I really don't like the the inventory system they have. I, I hope, I, I don't even know if how it could be improved. Maybe just more, just literally more space. Um, but yeah. That's, uh, those are my two cents on your uh, email there, Kenneth. Anyone else want to elaborate? Uh, yeah, if I may. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I mean, I get, I know they said, I have to remember, uh, back then, uh, gosh, a while ago for some interviews, that they wanted to make players actually think and really decide upon what they wanted to to have and you know, sell off. Okay. They wanted to make the, the player, you know, make those decisions, have those decisions make a, a difference. You know, I get that. However, I think the game could be better served by allowing for people, you know, if you want to encourage your crafting system, you want to tout it as one of the, uh, the great cornerstones of your game, then you know what? Have, have craft materials become its own inventory space. Okay. Um, to where if you gather like, wood, ore, uh, flowers, herbs, anything of that nature, it goes to its own separate separate inventory space that doesn't count against your regular inventory. To where you would put stuff like weapons, armor pieces, um, any other associated things like you know books or scrolls you find in the world. Okay. Not discounted from the, the, the lore books that you find, okay? Because you already have quest items going into its own separate, uh, separate inventory bank or section of your inventory. Heck, let's make a slight improvement for the quality of life of the player and make resources its own inventory space as well. You know, and I, and I think it'll go a long way to helping the player base, uh, you know, <laughs> with its hoarding Sporting mentality, <laughs> and also encourage crafters to you know they don't have to go out in the world scared that they're going to run an inventory space, right? You know they, they got they have more leeway to work with. So who knows? May, you know maybe maybe feedback report. Maybe they'll do it. We'll look into it. Uh, this next email is something that that kind of um, gets me going. I wanted to put it in here because I find that 
this is this is something that is is always going to be a, is always going to happen and i i think no matter where you are uh where you are in the world and and what area you're living in this is just something that that people just always need an advocate for i'm going to read the email and then i'm going to read my response back to this this individual uh who comes from his name is the wanderer of tamriel he says i just want to i just want to start off this email by saying thank you I want to thank you for being a group of people I can listen to and am never disappointed by your shows or your posts on your websites. I wanted to thank you for truly caring about your community as much as you do and do not hold yourselves on a higher podium than anyone else. But most of all, because you gave me a safe haven to talk about games. My family very much despises gaming and is never thrilled when I log on to ESO or any other game that I'm in the mood to play. The same goes for my small town in northern Wisconsin. I'm harassed and shunned because of my passion for gaming at both school and work. You guys are my heroes and best friends without us having met in real life or the digital world for that matter. Please don't ever stop what you're doing here. Keep up the amazing work of Arwen, Lou, Dave, Shank, Liz, Rage, Morikyu, John, Fred, Will, Bradford, Brian, and the rest of the QGN crew. You guys are truly my heroes and idols. Your friend who you never met, the Wanderer of Tamriel. I wrote back. Alright. I don't like bullying. I hate bullying. So, I really feel for uh, this person's position. So I wrote back and I wanted to include a little bit of what I, what I wrote to him, which was this. Just because you play video games and Elder Scrolls games does not mean you are any less of A, a productive member of society, a person with legitimate passion of a legitimate hobby, a human being deserving of the same respect he, she gives to others and to their feelings, and a person who requires the support of their family, friends, and peers. Stick up for yourself with a calm and rational mind, and when anyone tries to tell you that your hobby for gaming is an immature habit you haven't grown out of yet, you explain to them that you find gaming to be a far more interesting form of entertainment than movies and TV, and making social connections in and out of game with people who share the same ideas as you is just as fun. I think that's a really good way of pushing back to people who, who seek to um, put those of us who, who are interested and follow uh, gaming, who are gamers. I think that's a really good way of, of pushing back to them. There's an old saying that says um, the best way to fight a bully is to ignore him. That's not true. That's not true at all. The best way to fight a bully is using reasonableness and reason. And if someone wants to fight you and hurt you and, and, and violently attack you because they're a bully, well, that's a different step. Then you have to, you have to go to whatever institution, whether it be uh, teachers, your parents, the police, to settle that. Um, barring, barring physical bullying, 
okay, which is by far not the worst form of bullying at all. The worst form of bullying, in my opinion, is the verbal abuse, is being ignored and being marginalized, is being meant to feel like you're a lesser person simply because of what you're interested in. That's the worst form. You carry that with you your re the rest of your life. Don't let it happen. Take a step back. And if you have to, you ask them, what did you just say? It throws them off guard. And then you explain to them, well, the reason why I enjoy these things is because of the story. I really enjoy that. I enjoy the fact that it's, it's, a, it's an interesting, engaging form of entertainment. And if you don't like that, I'm sorry, you're missing out. Now, excuse me, I have something else better to do other than talk to you. And you walk away. That's the best way to take care of a bully. And to the wanderer of Tamriel, I appreciate what you said. I appreciate your support. And hang in there. And I hope some of our words were uh, helpful. Can I just add something real quick? Yeah, Which, go ahead. All I'm going to say is that last year, I believe it was last year, the Supreme Court ruled that video games were art. And uh, I think that speaks for itself, honestly. So is it any less? I would disagree. <laughs> I guess the Supreme Court would as well. Mm. Oh, it's good. It's good ruling. It is. Yeah, because it definitely is a form of art. I mean, look at everything that goes into it. I mean, you know, uh, every every art form that can be thought of writing um, uh, literal art itself, you know, creating uh, there's they release books uh, on on all of the paintings and, and the digital paintings as well. And, uh, you know, uh, movie making audio uh music it just it has video games is the one medium where where every art form that has ever brought human beings together and spanned culture for all of history we still listen to to uh bach chopin we still listen to their music why because it spans generations. It spans the test of time. Because it's just great music. It makes you feel a certain way when you listen to it. And video games are very similar to that. Yeah. The only only form of entertainment. The only form of entertainment. Where you simultaneously create and consume content. Absolutely. And uh, if someone has a problem with that. Uh, you point out to them their, their short-sightedness. Because that's exactly what they are. They're short-sighted, feeble-minded individuals, and you need to educate them. And the only way to do that is by talking, not by punching, and not by certainly not by running away. You hold your ground. Dave, Lou, anything? Well, I would just say I'm with you there on that in terms of how you would deal with this, this kind of situation. You definitely want to just... Always, I know it's going to sound cliche. Take that, take that high moral stance, okay? Um, be the one to calmly defend and expand your point of view, saying, "Look, this is what I enjoy. This is why I enjoy it. If you don't like it, that's fine. Okay, you don't have to like it. Just like I don't have to like other things as well. Um, but it certainly doesn't give anyone the right." to ridicule 
or belittle someone else. To me, that just speaks of, again, you know, a feeble, small-minded, and generally insecure person. Okay, that's the bottom line. If you feel you need to belittle someone else, ridicule their their likes, their personalities, whatever, then you know you're dealing with a small-minded person who has issues. Okay? And I'm sorry if this is going to offend you in the wrong way. Whether it's your family or your friends, you know that's what it boils down to. They are small and feeble-minded when it comes to lots of things. Okay? And they need to address that by... Hell, by growing up and realizing there are other things in the world, other tastes in the world, okay, that may not jive with them. So, sorry, that's how life is. Deal with it. Okay? You know, there are people who like American football. There are some who don't. <laughs> okay? But gosh, you know, don't go bashing other people's, you know, hobbies and stuff. Because to me, the moment you start doing that... Football sucks. It, well. Chop, Dave. <laughs> you know, the fact that it, that it's there, okay. The fact that you, this has this happens, okay. It just speaks to me just how stupid people really are. Okay, I guarantee if I saw what those people making fun of him, what they do out in Wisconsin, give me five minutes of them on Skype, I'll have them crying like little freaking babies. I'll have them crying, going fetal. Because you know they want they want to go that route. I can go that route too. I'll sink to that level. I'll make them pay for it. All right. It just doesn't give. It just boils at me. Okay. There are people that are that asinine in the world, making fun of people for video games. Come on, guy. Oh, Come yeah. on, gal. Better things in the world to waste time on. Don't do it. This. There was uh, recently an article on uh, Elder Scrolls Online that was published saying that uh, PC gaming is the nerdy cousin of console gaming. Like, like console gamers are any better? <laughs> yeah, not. not at all. Not at all. You know, I, go but ahead, Dave. It, it is a fact that PC gamers are the master race. So, just... <laughs> Dave, you got something on this? I'll put it very simply: video games, books, music. Pick your genre. There's every bit of it is entirely for nerds, geeks, weirdos, freaks. Pick your title. But guess what? There's not one person on the face of this planet who in their own little special way isn't a nerd or a freak or a geek or a weirdo. Everybody's weird. Pick your pick your poison because everyone's got it. Every single person on the face of the earth is weird in their own special way just because they don't like MMOs just because they don't like RPGs, just because they don't like watching sports, just because they don't like that one kind of music you like, which, by the way, it's country. Country's weird. Congratulations. That's the only thing in the world that defines you as being weirdo is listening to country music. But besides that, you pretty much have got it covered. Every person on the face of the earth is a weirdo. Okay? They all have their own little likes and dislikes. Just because yours is playing video games... No offense, it doesn't make you special. It sure as hell don't make you weird. It's just what you like and you don't like. If that's a problem to somebody else, what the hell is it their business? Mm. Go about your own thing. Have your fun. If somebody, if you are so impressive on somebody else's life that it just completely ruins their day, that you are enjoying yourself, doing your own thing that isn't hurting anybody else, 
then they have some really hard times in their own life. They got a lot more to sort out than what you are having fun doing. Good thoughts, everyone. I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm sure the uh, the Wanderer of Tamriel uh, appreciates it as well. Uh, we got your we got your back, man, or madam. Well, uh, that is the bottom of the show, and uh, time for the top of the QGN community segment. Uh, so, we are looking for game streamers. So, if you want to stream games for the Quest Gaming Network. Uh, send an email out to QGNstaff at gmail.com with a 10 to 15 minute long video. Uh, we would ask that you at least be engaging with your viewers. Make sure you keep your language clean. And of, cor- and of course, a good tip here is to uh, mind your background audio, please. All of that will go a long way to, to creating an awesome video uh, that we would be interested in watching uh, to see if you want to join our uh, video content team. Uh, you can find this and all of our news updates for Elder Scrolls at elderscrollsofftherecord.com. Uh, if you want to email our show, that's at elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at elderscrollsotr. You can follow the individual hosts. I'm Avarwin. You can follow me at Avarwin. That's E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Our lore master here, Lou, is at GamerGuy11B, G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-11B. Dave is not at he who squat squats. Yes, he is not at thug nasty. He is at D enforce D I E N F O R C E. And you can follow Shank at Shank Tank. That's S H A N K T H T A N K. And when you uh, play with him on the PlayStation Four version of Elder Scrolls Online, I'm sure he will offer you a discount on pumice stones inside his guild store you like that huh as Mori would say but ciao <laughs> <laughs> questgamingnetwork.com is our main website when you go there you can access this show and all the other wonderful shows that we have here um, if you'd like to support our network uh, we do uh, we do have a link to uh, accepting donations uh, there and all of our other websites as well. Uh, if you donate ten dollars or more, you get a special shout out on our show, which you heard at the top of the show. Uh, if, like again, you want to uh, join our forums? That's at questgamingcommunity.com. And again, don't do not forget to follow us at facebook.com/questgamingnetwork or facebook.com/elderscrollsofftherecord. And we have a Google Plus account at google google.com forward slash plus sign quest gaming network we broadcast on twitch twitch.tv slash quest gaming network and you can catch that at youtube.com slash quest gaming network after the fact hope to see you all in the many different ways that we connect with you and our community over the internet final thoughts guys and we'll start with lou great show um Particularly excited for Craig, Craig Lauren. Can't wait for it to come out. Looking forward to it. And, man, just going through it with the people from the guild. And Dave? My grandmother's a gamer. So is my and mom. my mom's a gamer. My mom likes to play Bejeweled. Yeah. yeah. My, my mom likes to play this the games on Windows 8. Like, it has a store. She plays all the different games. My grandmother 
has an electronic crossword puzzle that you cannot take out of her hands without her freaking out. (laughs) (laughs) And Shank. I am uh, eagerly anticipating any news on the console release. Like many of you who are going to be playing it on console, I would... uh, I would pay special attention to packs. I have a feeling something regarding consoles might be uh, given to us, so uh, we can hope. Uh, shout out to our huge community, the ESOTR Guild. It has been wonderful bringing you all into ESOTR Akatosh. ESOTR RK, our second guild, is accepting invites. Uh, it is a North American. These are North American guilds, of course. Um, we don't have any current plans of, of making an EU guild, but Hey, you know what? More information on that next week. Right. Exactly. Um, chat room. Thank you very, very much for, for joining us. We had a wonderful, uh, very busy, very full chat room today. We appreciate everyone who came to, uh, to watch our, our, uh, live event. And for, for those of you in Wayrest right now, thank you for joining us around the table. Um, I don't believe we're going to be doing this every single show, but it is nice every now and again when, when we do have technical issues, we have this as an option to fall back on, which, which certainly actually did happen today. Uh, we weren't going to do a show in-game this week, but uh, some webcams went down, and uh, I said, all right, well, like, uh, we, we could do it in-game. It'd be just as fun, and everyone jumped at the chance. So, uh, Thank you for, for those who came uh, in-game to hang out with us. It's been a lot of fun, and really... I appreciate you keeping the noise level down as well. Um, that was very cool. I'm glad we didn't have like a whole bunch of spell effects getting into the audio. Yeah, unfortunately, we do have Liz nudity. Yeah, well, that's kind of gross. I guess just look away. You know, we have that's, a vampire in, yeah. over here. That's Shield your eyes! Thing. Shield your eyes from the... Not, not a bad thing. Shield your eyes. It's disgusting. It is a bad thing. It's a very bad thing. If but, it were anyone else but oh. Liz, it wouldn't be. But It's kind of... It's kind of hot. Just saying, it's kind of hot. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you, everyone, for, for joining us. Take care, everyone. Be safe. And may the foos be with you.